back to the uh, PS Nation side quest. I'm Andy, and I'm joined by my fellow party member, Jason. How's it going, folks? And we're here to talk about uh, RPGs, anime, gaming, all that kind of sweet jazz. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. Uh, not too much news really going on recently. I And then plus, I just, I just kind of gotten burnt out on all the video game news anyway, so I haven't really been paying attention to stuff. I know... That's the biggest part of the year. There's like 5 billion releases coming out in the next couple months. I know. I, all I'm really interested in right now is um, stuff that's coming out next year, and uh, I think there's a, there's a couple new Dragon Ball games coming out. There's that 3DS one I just saw got announced, uh, Fusions. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to buy that one or not, but I might. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to get Xenoverse, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, and then Akaba's Beat, I don't... That's that's next year, up. yeah. Next year, yeah, so... I think even the that. Japanese release got delayed until next year. Yeah, that's I, that's right, I read that. Uh, anyway, um, but the first the first one on our list is more anime-related. Mm-hmm. Um, so Funimation and Crunchyroll uh, announced the streaming partnership. So that's pretty big for Andy, I guess. Well, I, I think it's big for... <laughs> A lot of people, because um, I don't know if, if you've had this problem before, but it's kind of like you want to watch something and you're like, oh, I've got Netflix, but I don't have Hulu. And so you, you load up Netflix and then you realize it's not on Netflix, it's on Hulu. And it's like, well, I don't want to subscribe to two different services. Um, so Funimation and Crunchyroll were kind of like that, where they were like splitting up a lot of licenses coming from Japan. And so the recent announcement is basically that they're going to start teaming up and Crunchyroll's basically going to take a lot of Funimation shows, and they're only going to have the subbed version, so they're only going to have um, Japanese audio with subtitles, whereas a lot of Crunchyroll shows shows are going to end up on Funimation streaming service, and they're going to have uh, broadcast dubs, so Funimation usually tries to churn out a dub for a show in about a week or two. Um, so some shows will be on both services, it's just one service will have the sub, one service will have the dub. And I think this is especially good news for fans just because it means like I'm not planning on having Funimation anymore. I don't really care about dubs. So uh, if I can watch everything on Crunchyroll, that's one less subscription I need to have. And likewise, someone who does like dubs, they don't need to have Crunchyroll. They can just have Funimation. So I think it's, I think it's good news. Yeah. And Crunchyroll doesn't do any actual dub work or do any, I know they, I guess they just license them for streaming, right? They don't really release stuff, right? They've, I think they've had full license on a few things, but usually when they release... I, I think they've done a few dubs, but they were kind of, like, through someone else. And they've done a few physical releases, but again, it was like, okay, they partnered with Right Stuff to do a, a DVD and Blu-ray release kind of thing. So hmm. with this with this news, I bet a lot of their shows will get Funimation uh, sponsored or paid for Blu-rays. So, uh, again, people like me who like to collect uh, Blu-rays of shows I like... Could be good news for some of the Crunchyroll shows, but I think Crunchyroll was mostly only uh, licensing the streaming side of things. So sometimes shows that they they licensed would uh, still end up with you know Blu-ray from someone else, Sentai or someone. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have Crunchyroll. I've I've been debating getting it because, and I don't have Hulu either. Uh, and I really want to see that One Punch Man, but I guess that's on Hulu, not not Crunchyroll. Right or uh, 
I don't remember if it's on Crunchyroll now. I know, th- so they have his new show, um, Mob Psycho 100. That's on Crunchyroll, I know, because I was just watching that last night. I, so I would think that they have uh, One Punch Man, but I could be I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check it out. I, I don't know exactly. I know Funimation is also re- kind of redoing their, like revamping their site. I got an email the other day saying they're announcing like a big, they're upgrading like the quality and stuff. So that's going to be interesting as well. Yeah, part of that email was about how they're changing how much they're charging for their streaming service and stuff just to reflect the fact that they're um, not going to have quite the same content as they did. Because um, I, I guess, I'm trying to remember, they used to have like two different tiers where if you wanted just subs or if you wanted subs and dubs, um, it was a different tier, but now they only have one tier. So, And I guess right now, uh, Crunchyroll already has a couple of Funimation shows like uh, Cowboy Bebop just got put up on Crunchyroll. So that's that's a great show if anyone has Crunchyroll and hasn't seen it yet. Do it. Do it. I haven't watched it. I watched like the maybe the first episode and I, I was highly, highly debating buying that super duper special limited edition thing from them and I just didn't get around to doing it. I don't know if oh. I'll <laughs> regret it or not. <laughs> yeah, I think I have it on DVD somewhere. In a DVD box. It was dirt cheap, 20 bucks or something, but that's a fantastic show. It's like... It's kind of like, uh, I guess it's most like Firefly, um, but yeah, that's what I've I've also heard is isn't um isn't it the same person that did Kill a Kill or is Kill a Kill just kind of a Cowboy Bebop kind of inspired? Mm, no, not really. Hmm. It's uh the same guy who did Samurai Champloo. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. that's right, Samurai. Because I watched quite a bit of that. I on, when it was on Netflix. Yeah, uh, the joke was so uh, Cowboy Bebop is kind of like let's take a sci-fi show and infuse it with um, jazz music. Yeah, and then Samurai Champloo is obviously samurai fused with uh, like rap kind of music. So <laughs> yeah. The joke was like, all right, his next show is going to be like I don't know, ninjas combined with country music or something. <laughs> Disco or something. Disco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that show would be, but he ended up doing some. He ended up doing another jazz show called uh, "Kids on the Slope," that was mm. um, not quite his other because Cowboy Bebop and uh, Samurai Champloo were obviously kind of lighthearted and fun and got a lot of comedic. Al- I mean, obviously, uh, Samurai or. Cowboy Bebop gets pretty serious at, at some points, but over the, for the most part, it's kind of comedic and funny and all that kind of stuff. But Kids on the Slope, I recall, was being a little bit more serious and uh, drama-focused, not quite as much action as well. And, um, like, D- Dimension W kind of seems similar to Cowboy Bebop. Like, the main character has that same kind of archetype to me. Yeah, that's a pretty common archetype in anime, I think. Yeah. The kind of somewhat ambivalent but actually really does care and kind of an everyman who who uh gets his money by hunting down criminals kind of person yeah it's pretty pretty common and then i put uh is there anything else on that one uh, i think that's about it <laughs> yeah well and also like i mean funimation does do a lot of those simulcasts i don't know is that stuff getting put over on crunchyroll or yeah that's what it sounds like it sounds like most of their what they had been simulcasting will end up on Crunchyroll. Hmm. So if they license a show, then after they license it, the simulcast will start going up on Crunchyroll. 
and then Funimation will start doing their broadcast dubs, and mm-hmm. then whenever you know the show is completely out, then they'll probably put out a, a Blu-ray DVD type thing. Yeah. Well, my anime backlog's pretty long, so who knows when. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when it isn't if. everyone's. <laughs> so um, I threw this on there because I don't know if I even told Andy. Well, I did tell Andy, but I didn't really talk about it. Um, but the Persona 5 was released in Japan. Mm-hmm. And then I had ordered the collector's edition, or one of the three, I think there's three, at least two collector's editions on uh, Play Asia. And I got that last week. So I got the one that was... It wasn't the Famitsu one with all that weird shit, like crystals and this and, and the little Nendroid things. I really, I was really highly debating those, but getting that one. But I think it was like 60 bucks more. And I'm like, well, I'm sure if this game's a hit, they're going to have tons of those later. So I can just buy them separate, and they're probably going to be cheaper. Yeah. First week sales are uh, promising. I was looking at them yesterday, and it looks like they were saying that uh, first week sales it outsold Persona Three and Four. Yeah, I just so I, I just read something about that. I, wasn't it like three hundred eighty three thousand or something? Yeah, or, combined between PS Three and PS Four. Yeah, and I wonder how many PS Fours they sold. Well, I mean, it was on the PS Three, so I guess it doesn't. Well, it, uh, from what I was looking at, it looked like it it outsold uh, PS Four version version outsold PS Three version. And uh, it was very odd. Last week, PS4 dropped completely. Like, there were only 160 or so uh, consoles sold in Japan, which seemed very odd. Uh, But PS4 jumped to the top of the chart this week in terms of actual consoles sold. So I would bet that's in no small part due to Persona. Now, didn't they have a special PS4 for Persona? I thought they had a special... Mm, I don't think so. I could have sworn I saw that they had a. They I know had a Final Fantasy Fifteen's getting that that one, hmm. the Lunar Edition. Well, maybe you're right because I didn't see Ben say he's got it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if there was one, Ben would have it. And he would have posted a picture of it or said something about it. Yeah. So um, of course, the one I got comes with the game, some DLC for the Japanese game, and then a big art book that I'm not going to look at. Until later. <laughs> Avoid those spoilers. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then I, I got what I really, really wanted was this five-disc uh, music from Persona for, like, the 20-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Which is just completely awesome. I, I ripped them all. I put them in my iTunes, and I was li- listening to them while they were uh, playing. And I just... Every time I listen to that, those songs, they just remind me of playing the game. Like, all those little parts kind of come back (laughs) yeah yeah i know how that is so it's so cool and like each of the i didn't really realize this but like at least i thought that every persona had its own color scheme but then i then i saw the discs and there's two red discs so like i guess the color theme of persona 5 is red and black and then like persona 2 was red so Mm. they have like two red discs but i thought they had all different color discs but that i remembered oh yeah uh, Persona 2's was kind of red. Yeah. So, and I got some of those Persona 3 songs that I didn't have. There there was a couple missing. I was kind of disappointed. I don't know what their names are, but um, there was one in particular that I really wanted to get, but I, I kind of see why they made it or left it off, because it's not, there's not much to it. It's just a, 
like a repeating thing over and over again. So mm-hmm. I don't even I couldn't even tell you what what the song title was, but I just know like it like at nighttime in Persona Three when you're in this um, in your dorm is always playing. And there's a couple other ones that are missing, I think. So it's I'm sure that there's probably a ton of music that they uh, just couldn't include because they didn't have enough room. Those games have a lot of different music in them. There's like over. I should have had my iTunes set up, but there's like like 164 songs here. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's just it's it's insane, and it's I. It's just a shame that um, the U.S. didn't get this. So. Yeah, I know. I I have the U.S. Uh, limited edition pre-ordered. I'm trying to remember what it comes with now. Sure, sure, I could look it up. You get a Morgana plushie. You get a sc- some kind of school bag. You get a CD, but I think it's like a. It's either just the Persona Five music, or it's I think it's just Persona Five. Um, and I don't know if Probably. it's all. And then the game and an art book. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So Sounds they're about right. There's 31 songs on disc one. Uh, there's 43 songs on disc two. So it's at 74 already. And that's just two of the discs. And then um, then there's 22 more songs. So that's 92 or 96, right? And then there's mm-hmm. disc four has another 21 songs and then disc five has 20 songs <laughs> Damn. So they really just pack these discs to the gills with stuff and i think the most discs i got with any game was uh final fantasy 13 2 had i think three discs of music yeah that well there was okay so by the way there's 137 songs total okay somehow i thought it was 160 something yeah the the final fantasy because i've been kind of uh, fighting with iTunes as well for like the past couple days because somehow I put the album artwork on there, but it didn't write it to the actual song file. So when I put it on my phone, it doesn't have the artwork. <laughs> and I figured out like a workaround for it. You kind of have to, I don't know, maybe they updated iTunes or something because like, when I did a lot of these in April, they didn't show up. So all the ones I did since then worked. And then I also found out when you have itunes uh go get the artwork for stuff it doesn't do it right so you actually have to uh, i drug like when you go to the info you drag the the artwork to a folder and then you go back in there and then select the album and delete and reset the artwork to that file and then it'll actually write them to the to the songs and then i got i got it to get on my phone so i've been going through just i i have like over 30 gigs of music here and um, I was fighting with that, and I just re- I just remembered seeing those Final Fantasy. So Final Fantasy X and Ten Two Remaster for the PS3. That one has two three two discs, three discs, four discs. Oh damn, nice! So it's like 104 songs out of that, and then um, Thirteen Two had five discs, I think. So Five, disc, huh? Disc one, disc two. Disc one only had three. Disc three, disc four. Oh, okay, and then there was like some bonus tracks, and I don't know if they were just on the on the discs. Hmm. 
I just remember that one because it had like the the case was like all built in and everything. So like all the the game disc and all the audio discs were all kind of like built into one case. Whereas a lot of a lot of the other games I get, they tend to either come with like a slip cover for the CDE or a jewel case or something. Yeah. I prefer the jewel cases and stuff because they're easy to scan and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like those. I don't like those ones that don't come with anything like this Final Fantasy one. There's just like nothing. So sometimes I just take, I um, I scan just like the instruction manual and try to get it, you know, you got to have it like a square image. Yeah, like, like yeah. 1400 by 1400 I think is the standard now. So I try to get it within there. And sometimes it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, sometimes I do the same thing. Like I'll use the the game's cover or something like that if they, I don't have a a good cover for the songs. But I'm not as much of a stickler for album art, I guess. I just hate to see the stupid like little music note thing on there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So that's that. It's pretty cool. I I'm really liking the music. I'm gonna probably listen to it again like in the coming days and stuff. But I really like that some of that music. There, there was some other music that it's kind of not there from uh, the Persona Four Golden. Uh, it didn't come with a soundtrack, I don't think, but it came with like a like bonus music within the game itself. And I was hoping I have, I have some tracks from Golden. I because I I bought the LE for that, and I, I but I think it was a very short disc that only had like a few of the new songs. Yeah, some of them were in that. Uh, dancing all night too. Yeah, yeah, I have the the discs for that as well. Cause, but I bought both the Japanese and uh, English limited edition for that game. <laughs> kind of like you did for this one. Yep. So, <laughs> and then this one didn't have like Persona Q or any of that stuff. I man, I had an I had a, like a four. That's I think that's I have the a, Q music as well because I bought the limited edition for that. Yeah, that bugs me. It's like you only get four tracks off of that. It's kind of really lame. I hate when they do this at sound selection. It's like, give, yeah. us, a, give us a full CD. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that's my news, I think. Yep. All right. You want to move on to, uh, we actually got an email Yeah. Uh, since the last episode. So, our email works. Confirmed. Yes. <laughs> so, send emails to uh, SideQuest at psnation.com questions comments complaints yeah anything anything you want to read the email yeah sure um so we got uh it's from patrick and his psn is arctic soldier a-r-t-i-c capital s-o-l-d-i-e-r and uh he says he loved the game Legend of Dragoon on the PS1. Is there any chance it might come to PS4 and in Europe? And he lives in Sweden. And you want Sweden? Are listening to our our podcast? <laughs> Jeez. And that Gotta one, tighten this up. Yeah, I just have no. I would have no <laughs> idea. I mean, <laughs> um, at the moment, I haven't seen any PS1 games come onto PS4. Um, because you know they're doing those PS2 classics. That. The closest would be, I guess, Final Fantasy VII, but I think that's actually based on the PC version, so I don't know. I, it seems unlikely at the moment, but uh, the good thing is that Legend of Dragoon is owned by Sony, so if they did start doing PS1 games, that would probably be somewhere on their list. Um, they've been doing a lot of their own games. for They're doing the PS2 classics, you know, uh, Hot Shots and 
ape escape that kind of stuff so i guess there's a slight chance but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't cross my fingers yet is what i would say i thought it was on the psn at least like you could play it as a ps1 classic or something it might be it might be a ps1 classic but obviously you can't play that on the ps4 yeah that's true well, see, see, he was asking if there's going to be. Well, he just said, "Is it coming to PS4?" I don't know if he means like a re remaster. Yeah, it's not a game I hear a whole lot about, so I don't know that it's necessarily near the front of people's minds. But, and I guess the whole fact that uh, they haven't really been doing PS1 classics on the PS4 yet really doesn't help. But yeah, Legend of the Dragoon PS1 classic, so you can get it on PS3 and PSP. But no PS4 at the moment. Yeah, I actually haven't played that game because I didn't have a PlayStation. But uh, and I, it, it actually kind of confused me because there was some other Dragoon game that which just came out for Xbox and it was one of those. Uh, what is their stupid camera? Connect. Yeah, it was like a Connect game or something. It was really stupid and lame. <laughs> Are there any games PS1 games you would want to come to PS4? I don't really know. I mean. I don't know too much, too many uh, PS1 games. I know there was uh, there was a GameCube game I would love to have come back, and that was um, the one where he's flying in the airship and stuff the whole time. Skies of Arcadia. Yeah, that one, and I never, I didn't get to play that game. And yeah, I, heard- I didn't either. And I, I hear good things about it, and uh, there were some characters from it that are in Valkyria Chronicles, which is obviously one of my favorite games. So I was like. You know, if there's characters from that and this, maybe I should try that. I just haven't gotten around to it. I thought mm. that was on Dreamcast, though. I never had a Dreamcast. Well, I think it was on Dreamcast, and then it was also on GameCube later, I think. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, that other game is Panzer Dragoon. I got that kind of confused. Ah. Uh, yeah, I didn't play that one either. And Skies of Arcadia. Yeah, it was on, it was on uh, GameCube. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... It's a Sega game, so that one probably will never come out. Unless they... I mean, they did It did have some of these Dreamcast games, like that Crazy Taxi, and then that... Uh, what's that one where you tag stuff all the time? The skateboarding one? Jet Set, uh, Jet yeah, Set, Jet Radio. Set Radio. They're sitting... Like, Sega is sitting on tons of stuff that don't, they're not going to do anything with. Yeah, occasionally they'll like dig into their catalog and start bringing stuff out, but at the moment they seem to mostly care about Sonic. Well, they did a lot of those 3DS, like 3D classics or something, some Sega stuff, but I don't have any of that, have any of those. I think they're all digital. I don't buy a lot of digital stuff. Yeah, especially on the 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, um, I mean, I, I'd love to play Panzer Dragoon. I don't know if I'd want to play it on... I'd, I'd rather have it as a remake. And there was, like, some other ones like that. I think Wild Arms had a couple of those, and they haven't done anything with that either. Sony? Yeah. Eh. They're, they're slowly going through their PS2 catalog, so... I'm sure we'll if, you give they... it a, if you give it enough time, I mean, it'll eventually... I'm sure they'll dredge it up at some point. Yeah. That's kind of... Half the business for a lot of these companies now is remastering old stuff. I think... Capcom even said in one of their like monthly uh, to investors reports, like, yeah, half of our business is is remastering our old games. Uh, I think they just did Resident Evil Four recently and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of nice though that they do that because 
one, it's kind of nice to have it upgraded. And two, it kind of makes them less rare. And, you know, because some of those games, you know, just to... Like, if you missed out on it, like me, I missed out on tons and tons of PS2 games that I'll probably never be able to play. And it's kind of kind of nice to get some of these old games that, you know, are remastered or whatever. So yeah. I can finally play it without p- paying like $300 to do it. So I guess the short answer is we have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> but um, we agree with you. We'd love to have it on PS4, so... I guess all you can do is like tweet Sony and tell them you want this game and try to get people to retweet it and yeah, just don't be don't be an ass about it. Yeah, we've learned from uh, a fan base of a certain other game that uh, you start getting overzealous <laughs> and you're tweeting at them and then you start hurting your cause rather than helping it. So, um, but yeah, you know it's a gentle reminder every now and then that you know so and so that you know Legend Dra- Dragoon is a game you're thinking about. Then sometimes. And it might be on the Puts list already, because they had that whole list like on the drive. They want you know what games do you want to see come back? Yeah, that uh, building the list things you're talking about. Well, they had that, and I thought they had another one where they were kind of keeping track of games that people asked to have bring brought back, or I don't know. I know there was some building the list games that were uh, games from like PS2. I thought, hmm. but. I know they do look at those those tweets and they keep track of, you know, how many people ask for it. So I guess the best you can do is just have people casually tweet them and say, hey, I'd, whatever happened to this game, I'd love to have it in a remaster or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that. That's all the feedback we got. I don't think we got any forum posts that were, like, questions, right? Uh, not that I recall. So I guess on to what we were playing... Yeah, and yours is like a long list, so mine's a small one. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was a little bit smaller when we first started the document, but then I played a few things over the past couple of days, or past week or so. Yeah, some of these are really interesting. I, w- I kind of want to know uh, more about them, so... So I guess I should start. Um, so, uh, Hatsune Miku, Project Diva X, which I uh, did a review on, and I'm going to review it later podcast, so I think I'll... I'll save that for later. Um, and then Psychopaths, Mandatory Happiness. That was another review I did. Um, so obviously I talked a bit about the anime last time. Um, it's the anime that's set in kind of a future Japan where they have this system that can kind of read people's emotions. And uh, if they're too emotionally unstable, then... Uh, potentially they could be labeled as a latent criminal and arrested without necessarily having done anything wrong. So, uh, yeah, the game's kind of a... um, It's set in the same time as the anime, and it's like partway through the first season, um, but it introduces like a couple extra characters. So you're playing with the cast of the anime, but you're playing actually as like one of these two new characters who's kind of helping out the main cast. And so it's it's a... new story for the the game and that's that's one of those kind of um what do they call it like those story type games yeah it's a visual novel yeah visual novel. so it, it it's one of those things like i put it in the, in the uh the review uh, i wouldn't really call it gameplay i mean some people don't even consider these games 
I think there's still kind of games because there is like a fail state, you know, if you pick the wrong things. But for the most part, the only game to it is, you know, every once in a while after you're done reading, you'll get a, a choice where it'll ask you, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And your choices obviously reflect kind of what happens and how things end up. So in the in the game, you can uh, you're kind of investigating a few different cases. So depending on how you answer the questions or how you decide to take action, uh, will change the outcome of some of the cases and potentially you know give you a different ending to uh, the the whole story. So I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Um, I guess some of my complaints were that because it kind of is slotted into the anime. I felt like they didn't really use the whole cast to their full potential. So a lot of the characters from the anime, you're like, okay, you know where they are at the beginning and the end because they can't really change them. So um, they really kind of only focused on the new characters. And the new characters were all right, but uh, I didn't didn't think they were quite as good as some of the old older characters from the anime and like um was it all just subtitled in japanese or did it have the dub people come and record for it yeah they didn't have the dub so it was only the uh subtitled version it was they had everything was voiced um which was nice you know anytime anyone was speaking uh it was all voiced but it was only the japanese voice actors Mm, okay but yeah other than that it was it was good i didn't find out until after i finished my review but apparently uh nis cut the uh, opening theme from the game, um, probably because they couldn't license the song or something. But it was one of those things like usually you stick in a game and you're like, you know, here's the opening theme before you get to the to the title screen. And I was kind of confused as to why there wasn't one, but I was like, eh, whatever, you know, there isn't one. And then later I was talking to one of my friends who actually imported the Hong Kong version, hmm. and he was like, oh man, NIS cut out the opening song. And I was like, really? Huh. So <laughs> that was an interesting tidbit. I don't think it, you know, it didn't really impact my score or anything, but just interesting. That's sure kind of a shame, though. I I don't know why you would. Uh, I mean, it's kind of weird though that the people that published it wouldn't have some sort of rights for the, you know, the opening song. But yeah, um, the anime, the opening song, at least for the first season, was done by a group called Supercell. Um, I know that they. Most of that music is licensed, is owned by Sony Japan. Um, so it's possible that, you know, Sony Japan just couldn't reach a deal or they wanted too much money in and I just couldn't pay it or whatever. Um, you, sometimes you'd be like, well, but they're putting it out on PS4, but, uh, you know, different branches or Sony aren't necessarily talking to one another. So sometimes mm-hmm. we get the short end of the stick. Yeah, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's not, it's not like you're going to sit there and at the damn title screen and listen to the thing so yeah yeah and i don't know for sure for sure that that's who did the opening song to the game i'm sure i could look it up online but, but so yeah. what what was the opening song did they just hire a new artist to do it or I, as i recall there just wasn't anything it just kind of loaded straight into the title screen <laughs> strange yeah wow and then uh played a little bit of attack on titan uh that review was by MJC, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I bought that game when it came out, and I played the first, I don't know, five or six missions, I think. Um, and I had played it a little bit at E3, and I was actually kind of impressed with, what I, with it from what I saw at E3. And then when it came out, I noticed the reviews were kind of middling. Um, I think MJC generally kind of liked it. I think uh, it definitely plays well. The The whole like kind of feeling of, 
get to zip around the city. Um, it's obviously built based on the anime again, um, where humanity can has these uh, thing called the three D maneuver gear that let them basically fly around. They kind of hook hooks into things and then pull themselves up. So um, the anime has a lot of you know scenes of of people uh, moving quickly around the city using these three D maneuver gear. And so the game kind of does a good job of adapting that and letting you really kind of fly around uh, to your heart's content. But I guess a lot of the complaints were that it gets it gets a little stale kind of quick because there aren't a whole lot of different missions types. And uh, I could definitely see that. I mean, I didn't quite get to the point where it was starting to get there because I just didn't play enough of it. But I could kind of see where starting to do the same kind of missions over and over again, even if you're different places, could, you know, get tiring. Yeah. It is it is based on the same engine that uh, the Dynasty Warriors games are built on, so <laughs> they a lot of the same things. You know, you're doing stuff in this kind of big area, and then all of a sudden a thing pops up on the other side of the screen map, and you got to rush over there to help out, kind of thing. So, so it's it's like almost a Muso game, but th- doesn't have all the hordes of stuff. Yeah, it's it's built on the same engine, but it's not really a Muso game because uh, obviously the Titans are gigantic you know several times the size of the player and so there aren't nearly as many of them as you would see in a muso game and it's not like you know one slash and they're dead necessarily i mean if you hit them in the weak point then it is but it 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 takes you a little bit longer to actually take down a titan than it does a normal enemy in a muso game so the way you're setting it up it just sounds like almost like a castle defense like on a dynasty warriors engine where i could just imagine like Oh, your mission is don't let this Titan get to this point, and then another one will pop up on the other side of the map, and you gotta quickly dis- kind of yeah. yeah. I mean, there is a lot of stuff like you know defend this point, but uh, what I'm saying like stuff pops up on the map. Usually, it's like one of your allies is injured, and you gotta run over there and help them, or you know suddenly new enemies pop up over here, and you gotta go over there or whatever. Yeah, um, those kinds of things. But I I enjoyed what I played of it, and I kind of want to get back to it i just haven't had time i've been doing too much other stuff so i'm definitely gonna buy it at some point i mean just i just like that whole uh i like this the series i just haven't watched it past um season one because uh or they didn't have season two dubbed or i don't remember what the hell happened um there, there actually is no season two yet so you're good and you're caught up <laughs> oh, okay well that's lame yeah there's only the 20 uh, I'm assuming did they have all 26 episodes or 25 um, or whatever? Maybe that was the deal. Maybe they only had half of the half of the first or something. And I, I don't want to go into spoilers. I could tell you where I got to, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm, I don't know what the deal is with that series, though. Did they just kind of? Well, it's a uh, it's based on a manga, and the manga is a monthly manga, hmm. so um, it, it comes out at a pretty slow rate. Uh, it they are a little bit longer chapters than a normal manga, as I recall. I've been reading it for a little while, but because it's only coming out once a month, whereas you know something like Naruto is coming out once a week, uh, it's just it's taken them longer to give the manga time to get past where they adapted the anime up to. So I keep hearing rumblings that they're going to do a season two of the anime soon, but they just haven't done it yet. Well, I guess it's good that you know they're not putting a bunch of filler in there because I guess people hate that nowadays so and yeah <laughs> and plus it's streaming it so they don't have to like they're not syndicated where they got to have stuff every week so i guess they can just take their time and wait for the the real story to develop and then do it then 
Well, I mean, it would be syndicated in Japan, but well, yeah, but it's a little, a little bit different than here. I mean, I guess you know what I mean. Like you know how like some of those, um, especially like some of those Viz things, like uh, Dragon Ball and One Piece and stuff. Yeah, Naruto and stuff. They got a bunch of filler that they had to make up to keep up with the because it was like a weekly. Uh, because it was weekly, I don't know, but yeah, 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 and those ones. Um, you know, Dragon Ball, Bleach, Naruto, that kind of stuff, where the manga comes out weekly and the anime comes out weekly, and they're both running at the same time, but unfortunately, anime tends to adapt more than one chapter of manga per episode, so they usually they usually catch up, and then the anime has to figure out something out. That's why, if you go back and watch the original Dragon Ball Z, it's kind of so slow and tedious, and you know, people make fun of the fact that... Uh, you know, Goku will stand there for 10 minutes powering up. It's because they got to the point where they'd caught up and they were just like, well, we're just going to slow down the pace and only adapt to one chapter per episode. And that really didn't give them a whole lot of stuff to do. So they, uh, that's why you get a lot of those kind of tedious scenes in Dragon Ball Z. Um, they fixed a lot of that when they went back and redid uh, Dragon Ball Kai. Yeah, they. It's kind of funny because I'm listening to this uh, Dragon Ball podcast. I guess it's been going since like 2006 or something, and I I just went from the beginning just to kind of listen to it. So I'm, I think I'm in like in the 60s, but there's like over 400 something, 500 episodes, and they're talking Jeez. about how they they figured out how many like how many episodes of the manga there are versus how many episodes of the show and it was it was pretty close actually but there was a lot of filler but it wasn't yeah. as bad because like you were saying you know one manga could take a couple episodes to cover you know if you go through that story or whatever yeah the the anime definitely did have some filler like there was that there was a mini arc in there that was um god what was the name of that villain the villain that i think gohan fought yeah it was um well, garlic was a- yeah, that was yeah. in the original original Dragon Ball. It was like Garlic Jr. Yeah. stuff. Or maybe, I don't know, because it seemed to me like the the original Dragon Ball had that guy as like a main villain. I'm just kind of wondering if... Um, no, he... you're thinking of the other, the other little guy. I don't remember it. Pilaf, I think, was Oh, yeah, name? yeah. Yeah, Pilaf, okay. Yeah. yeah cause I think Garlic Jr. was actually introduced in one of the movies, and then they did a, a filler season of the anime where he showed up again. Yeah, okay. You're right. It, so yeah, so that Garlic Jr. was completely filler, and there was, like, a whole tournament that was completely filler. Yeah. So, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I mean, I watched, I bought the whole set on Blu-ray, and, um, I mean, that was controversial in itself, too, so, because they uh, made it widescreen, and they chopped off the tops and bottoms and stuff, but I didn't watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't watch the original, so I don't have connection. I don't have any connection to that stuff, and I don't. Uh, so I can watch it and not care about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I watched a, a lot of that show when I was airing here, not in Japan, but you know when it was, when it was airing in uh, Toonami when I was in like middle school. So yeah, some fond memories of Dragon Ball Z. I kind of got got you on a tangent, but <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so Attack on Titan, yeah, woohoo. Yeah, so no filler, no Attack on Titan, so you don't have to worry about that. And then, and there's, it's all uh, Japanese subtitles, right? In the in that one, in the, uh, in the game, I think it has dub as well. I don't recall now at the moment. It's 
Uh, I played that like shortly after we recorded the last episode, so that was several weeks ago. I just I'm trying to remember. I I'm pretty sure it has uh, Japanese because I'm pretty sure I, sure I switched it to that. Um, I just don't remember if it was if I had to switch it to that or if it was by default. I think it had dub as well. I'm pretty sure it had dub. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in if the actual actors, because I think I've played games before where they got new actors for the for the game. They didn't actually, you know, bring in the American actors. Yeah, that tends to be a problem with the dub more than with the Japanese. Uh, in Japan, they tend to have a little bit better chance of getting the same same voice work in there. But I feel like in the states, especially because the the people who do dubs tend to not be like. Uh, the same people who do video game work. I mean, some of them are Steve. People like uh, Steve Bloom and stuff like that. But I don't know. Every once in a while, you get something where they just you know can't bring in the same people. I don't know. I I think I've explained it before, but I just I still kind of like dubs because like I just I hate reading the damn subtitles. <laughs> I mean, if I if I knew Japanese, I probably would you know watch it in Japanese and not think twice about it, but. I always find myself looking at the bottom third of the screen and I just miss so much shit that I'm like, God, I just want to, I just want to relax and watch the thing. I don't want to read. <laughs> so I, I was elected to lead, not to read. <laughs> exactly. So I usually watch the dubs. Some of these ones I do want to kind of go back and watch the, watch the subs, especially some of those Miyazaki ones. Mm-hmm. So Miyazaki ones tend to get really good dubs um, just because they're usually brought over by Disney and Disney will spring for the, you know, the good, the good actors and actresses. Oh, yeah. They're all like Hollywood. Most of the time they're like Hollywood people like like Kirsten Dunst is one of the ones and I can't remember which series and they have so many people. And then when I watch the extras and stuff, they got them. You know, they're doing the voice work, and it's always, like, from back in the 80s and stuff, and <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah. So. Oh, tangent again. Yeah. So, no so Attack on Titan. <laughs> well, we need a lot of filler here, because I don't have a lot of content. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, I can't remember if I talked about it in the last episode, but uh, No Man's Sky. Yeah, we um, talked quite a bit about it, because um, my friend, he didn't. Well, he likes it, but he just thinks it's boring because it's mostly like the boring, tedious Mass Effect shit without the good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I have a very love-hate relationship with No Man's Sky. I, I played it a lot when it came out, and I ended up getting the Platinum, which I think took maybe like 25, 30 hours. Mm. But it was definitely... It's a very interesting game, and it's got a lot of tedious elements. But it's also got a lot of like really cool discovery shit, you know, where you're... Uh, flying around and finding new planets and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. Sometimes I get the urge to defend it because there are a lot of people who are really poo-pooing on the game on the internet. Um, mostly because a lot, a lot of people who were kind of uh, expecting more out of it or I guess the Sean Murray, uh, who was one of the developers, was a little bit overzealous in some of the things he said would be in the game. So people are um, obviously upset with him. Maybe rightfully so, but... At the same time, I think there is, you know, the kernel of a good game in there, and it sounds like they're planning on working on it some more, so, I don't know. Kind of a, a love-hate relationship with that one. He probably would have been better off just keeping his mouth shut and, like, making the game, and then having, yeah. having more than what everyone expected, than like, promising all this shit that didn't get into the game, and then people are mad. 
Yeah. Because yeah. they pro- the same people probably would have loved the game if he wouldn't have said all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. But it's like spore all over again. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll buy it when it's on sale. Because uh, I was a little bit interested in it when I saw it at that, uh, I don't know if it was E3 or was that Sony Experience. I, w- I actually went to the theater. I guess that was E3. Yeah, probably. When it was when it was first announced, and my wife and I were at the theater watching it, and it looked so awesome. I'm like, wow, that's going to be a great game. And then, like, later on, as I, you know, got more information about it, I'm like, well, this thing's going to be kind of boring. It just doesn't look like something I'm going to really like. Yeah. It's it's basically more like Minecraft in space. Exactly. I mean, you're not, you're not necessarily building stuff as much as you are in Minecraft, but... You are still collecting things, and then, you know, once you once you have them together, then you can kind of craft stuff in your inventory, different items and things. But you're not like building a base, at least at the moment. But apparently, they're they're planning on adding that in a patch. But as far as I know, it's not in there yet. So it's so if it's like Minecraft, it's definitely not an RPG. Then <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about something else we don't talk All about. Right. Uh, and then Pac-Man Championship Edition 2 came out recently. I picked that up. Uh, obviously not an RPG, but I don't know. I felt like talking about it. I know uh, Josh talked about it just this past week on the podcast, and it sounds like he's kind of he's kind of up in the air on it. Um, I've never been huge on Pac-Man, um, mostly because by the time I was you know old enough to play games, it was kind of... I mean, obviously... It's a classic, and I don't. It's not like I hate the game or anything, but you know, when I'm sitting there in an arcade and I'll I'll put in a couple quarters to play Miss Pac-Man or whatever, and I'm terrible at it. So that's part of the reason why I never really got into it. But one of my friends was like, "Oh, you should really pick up Pac-Man CE." So I ended up picking it up. I'm actually, it's pretty fun. Um, it's very score chase heavy, and um, Josh was having issues with the fact that you can you can actually touch the ghosts in this one. Uh, oh, really? So. Yeah, depending on which difficulty you're on, because there's a few different difficulties, uh, you can bump into them once or twice, and uh, it doesn't actually affect them. Like once you've bumped into them a few times, then they get mad, and then they'll start chasing you, and they'll they'll kill you if they're mad. Hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a very interesting element to it, I think, um, especially because when you make them mad, they kind of fly up off the board for a second. So sometimes you can actually you actually want to bump into them because they're in the way. And you can use that chance to get past them, uh, so to take like the optimal route to eat all the dots, kind of thing. So there's a, there's an interesting element of the game, I think. There. Did um, you did you have the first one? I didn't play the first Championship Edition, so I don't I don't have a point of comparison. But I understand that that's new to the second one, from what Josh was saying. Yeah, that's because I love that first one. I'll probably get this one too. Um, and I th- I think Pac Man might might be my very first video game that I ever played. Because I remember, um, like, back when they had uh, Pizza Huts where you actually sat down and they'd have a server and everything. <laughs> we'd actually go to Pizza Hut and they'd have, they'd have like, a Pac-Man there. And I I just would beg my family for quarters and I'd play it. And I, I didn't, I wasn't that great at it either. I mean, I could maybe get to maybe the second or third board, but... Not very far. Yeah. So I, I was never very good at it. I just loved it. And I watched the um, the TV show 
on Saturday mm-hmm. mornings. And, um, you know, we had all, like, they we had Pac-Man, or Miss Pac-Man, and the Pac-Man Jr., and Annette. Super Pac-Man, I think it was called, with where he gets ginormous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was like there was like a uh, packed land, I think, and it was kind of like a platformer almost. So yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that one, but I think there's a level from that in one of the Smash Brothers, in the the latest Smash Brothers. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've always been a, a casual fan of Pac-Man. Um, and it's like just a big nostalgia thing. And when that new Pac-Man came out, it was just so cool. I, I love the, all the effects. The soundtrack is awesome. Cause I have it on my, my sound system and it's got that awesome, like thumping club music type stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've, I like, that's kind of like a party game too. I'll pull that. That was one of the ones I'd pull out when people would come over and want to play the PS3. Mm-hmm. So, I do want to play this one. Because the other one was like, Pac-Man CE was on the Xbox first. And then it came over as uh, Pac-Man CE DX or something like that. Yeah. And um, it was, I think it actually had the original game if you wanted to play that, I thought. But I can't really remember. But they did, you know, they they kind of broke the taboo in the Pac-Man where you can you had these bombs. So, like... Instead of hitting the ghost, you'd hit the bomb button, and then the ghosts would all turn blue, or they'd like all fly out of the way, and then you could go. Huh, interesting. It's like when you got into trouble, you'd hit that bomb. And um, they added that whole thing where there's like a, a conga line of ghosts, and you'd they'd you'd kind of wake them up, and then they'd get in line. Yeah, that's an NCE2 as well. Yeah, so... I don't. I don't have any complaint about hitting the ghosts. I mean, because it's just a new. I mean, that whole yeah. that whole conga line's brand new to this. It's just mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's not like um, they're you're never one like it's not like ghosts aren't still a threat because they are. Because if you make them mad, then obviously you, you got to watch out for them. So, but I think it's an interesting dimension to it. And um, you mentioned bombs. It's kind of funny because there's a bomb in this one, but it does something completely different, which is it warps you back to your starting point. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so if you're like in it, stuck in a bad spot and you think you're going to get cornered or whatever, you can use a bomb to jump back to the start. Uh, and I guess the other thing that Josh didn't like is that you can actually stop in place in this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't do in other games unless you got to a corner, whereas now you can just press a button and stop. But uh, if you're going for high scores, you actually you really shouldn't do that because it, it's a five minute deal. So you really got to kind of always be moving and always be uh, eating stuff and looking at some of the high scores. Man, you really got to because you can do like watch replays in this one mm-hmm. of like the top scores. You really got to always be moving and always be eating stuff to get the high scores. So it's pretty cool. I I've been enjoying it. Um, uh, so yeah, and I mean if. If you're like a Pac-Man purist, you can always play the original on any number of systems. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. It's not like they're deleting every copy of original and replacing it with this, and then you can't, yeah, play this. This is just a new thing that they're just doing, which I'm, I fully support. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, and then uh, and this is I the one played... you got. This is the one. The next one you. Get, this is the one that you got stuck with because I didn't want to do it. Yeah. So I'm doing the review for The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 2, uh, which is a Falcom game. I've only put a couple hours into it so far. I've just been kind of getting sidetracked. Um, unfortunately, I haven't played the first game in this series. 
Yeah. Uh, which is kind of bad because um, they're very... This is like direct, direct sequel. Like, the f- opening scenes of this one takes place right after... Well, okay, it doesn't actually take place right after the... But it basically builds directly on the first game. So, uh, fortunately, there's a big, long, like, I don't know, half an hour thing that you can read through that uh, gives a summary of the first game. So I did that, but uh, I kind of didn't want to review it since I hadn't played the first one. But I do... Uh, Falcom generally makes good games, and I reviewed the one of the previous Legend of Heroes series games, and I liked it. So I was kind of interested, in, at least in playing this one, I just... I'm afraid that I'm not going to do a good review because I haven't played the first one, but we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I haven't played the first one either, and I thought it was like a strategy RPG, so I was immediately turned off on the series, but then you said it wasn't really, so I might... Yeah, it's it's maybe like strategy light. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's more like... It's kind of like turn-based tales, I guess, is what I would say, <laughs> where it's like... Um, you know, you get into an encounter and it pulls you to a side to a separate thing where you fight them. And then there's positioning elements, but uh, they're not hugely important. Um, you know, in general, like, if you're like, oh, I want to attack this monster, then your character will just run to the monster and attack them. Um, but it's all turn-based and everything. Hmm. So I, there's some light elements of that where if, if enemies are close enough together, then, you know, potentially you can hit them all with a single spell kind of thing. But And you can use your turn to just move if you don't want to attack but in general, it's not. I wouldn't say it's quite like a Disgaea game or a Fire Emblem game. It's a full strategy RPG. This is kind of like light strategy on the side of other stuff. Because I thought I had saw like a grid, and I thought I had see. I thought I had seen um, like those little static, like their health bar above their head. Whenever I see screenshots of that, I'm like, okay, well, that's a strategy game. So, but I yeah, that- the PSP ones were. Mm-hmm. It was basically the same thing, but instead of being like open they had a grid but it was the same thing where it was i don't it wasn't really a focus in my mind at least Hmm. um the grid was only there to kind of facilitate showing you where your character would end up when you attacked or like kind of maybe it's like a limitation of the the hardware kind of thing Hmm. um i I still felt like it wasn't really a a strategy rpg as much as you know like i said a disgaea or a a fire emblem or whatever final fantasy tactics Hmm. Um, but this one doesn't even use the grid system. It's all kind of just your character will move around and in a radius uh, from where they started, kind of thing. So, and then there's like a lot of story in this one, right? I mean, yeah. How, how's that? Um, uh, at the moment, it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm obviously still kind of in the beginning of the game, and these games are fairly long, um, which is part of the reason why I didn't just like play the first one before starting this one. Um, but it, they're usually pretty interesting, and Falcom has a, does a good job of uh, kind of building up the world around their characters. Um, maybe even better at that than necessarily the story itself, at least from like a little bit I played so far. But and what, especially like what I read, uh, like the summary. But at the moment, it's pretty interesting. Some interesting characters and and stuff. So cool. definitely working on that one slowly. And then this one, I yeah. have no idea what it is. I don't think I've even <laughs> heard of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's called Kuare. I'm trying to remember the subtitle. Kuare, I don't know. I I thought it was a card game. And I had heard that it was a card game. It's a free-to-play PS4 game. And I actually downloaded it like five months ago or something. It came out on the Hong Kong uh, PSN. And it had English subtitles on the Hong Kong. Hmm. So I downloaded it then and never played it. I just sat on my PS3 or PS4 and I just forgot about it. And then it actually came to the 
to the U.S. a week or two ago, and I ended up downloading it again. And I actually did boot it up, and it's not – it's almost like half Endless Runner, half card game. Hmm. <laughs> really freaking odd. So it's like you'll go into a stage, and you'll be running down this corridor. Uh, you can't stop, and you just got to, like, change lanes or jump to collect items or – you know, avoid obstacles. And then when you get to the end of the area, then it goes into, like, this card game-ish battle. It's not really, like, drawing cards and stuff. It's more like whatever cards are you're using are the skills you have for the battle. Hmm. So it's really weird. I don't, I don't think it's all that good. <laughs> I played it, like, I played it once for, you know, an hour, and I'm like, eh, I haven't deleted it yet, but I don't know that I'll necessarily go back to it. Well, it looks like it's got, like, a lot of hot... You know, fanime chicks. Yeah, it was. It's uh, art's kind of weird though. I feel like they're not all on model all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the cards have are pretty, you know, pretty good art though. And I know I can't. Some of these say deviant art, so I think maybe there's people like you know adding shit onto it. But it looks like some maybe. Of some of them might have been censored too, because there was a couple. You know, unless they're just side by sides where they kind of re-skin the card or something because there's one that's all covered up and then there's another one where it's like barely wearing anything <laughs> there might be some mechanics where you can upgrade cards i don't recall i did like i said i only played like an hour of it night so i didn't dig a whole lot into the stuff but uh, uh if anyone is interested there is um since it's a free play game there's obviously like card packs and things that you you can pay for and there's a f- uh, if PS Plus members get like some bonus for starting out, and came with like a one of the super rare cards, hmm. um, like a special card kind of thing. So, if you do f- end up playing it, it maybe worth uh, popping popping to the store and getting the PS Plus bonus. Yeah, I finally like it took me it took me like three three scroll downs just to see what the damn game looks like. It's all I all I see is like all these like chicks with ginormous boobs and stuff and like scantily <laughs> dressed stuff yeah and i finally saw that so it's like a 3d endless runner it looks like yeah yeah it's in 3d interesting yeah it was very very odd and then uh destiny rise of iron came out on tuesday so i've been playing that the past couple of days i don't probably need to go too deep into that but just been working my way through that it's i don't i get the feeling it's not quite as deep as uh the expansion last year but maybe they're slow rolling content just to keep people from blowing through it in a day like they did last time so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just i never did wasn't really interested i was interested at the beginning and then i found out there was no single player i'm like ah fuck it (laughs) there's single player i mean there's story mode and you could do it all single player Hmm. um but once you get past certain points in the story then like strikes have forced uh matchmaking mm-hmm. so if you if you jump into like a strike you'll get matched up with two randoms kind of thing mm. uh, if you don't already have you know party members so past a certain point it's kind of hard to start doing it by yourself and then all the really high-end stuff comes from like the raid which obviously you have to have you have to have people with you for that so yeah so that's what i've been playing recently how about you <laughs> mine's gonna be short uh, so I finally finished uh, TMS or Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and it was awesome. I almost wanted to start a second playthrough, but I'm like, I I really have to move on. But I would love to 
like play New Game Plus because there's some optional bosses that you can get to. Oh yeah, and then like they kind of, there's a they give you like a, the option of like carrying over certain things, and then if you if you want to play the insanity mode, you can't carry over anything, and it's like super difficult. You start from the beginning, so I was like, ah, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, how, how's like the story end up? Is that interesting all the way to the end? I liked what I played with it, but I just haven't gotten back into it. Yeah, I think you know it. It's it's nothing like groundbreaking or anything, but it it ended on a pretty good note, and I I enjoyed it. They the later on the later dungeons and stuff were really cool, and I think I I did every single side quest that I could, and I did every single character request I could. How long so, did that take you to finish? Then I think it was like I think I ended up at like one hundred and thirty or one hundred. Oh. <laughs> I think one thirty or somewhere between one thirty to one fifty hours. But I I just do everything, and then sometimes I'm slower than most people. So it might you could take maybe like plus or minus twenty, I guess, mm-hmm. off of that. But <laughs> definitely an awesome game. It kind of tidied me over a little bit till till uh, Persona Five, so it was kind of nice. And then I kind of debated like, what do I want to do? Do I want to go? Because I have I have Tales um, of of Zestiria to finish, and then I have um, Yakuza Five to finish. And then somehow I ended up playing uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword <laughs> for the first time. Which one's which one's that one? That's that... a that's the one on the Wii. Okay. And I never did pick it up because I was pissed because it was like Waggle only, and I <laughs> I hate Waggle stuff. Well, I mean, I used to like it a lot when it first came out, but it's like now I can't stand the motion stuff. I really hate it a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do want to just play the game. And see, because I kind of been seeing some stuff on Facebook because my ad blocker quit working, and um, <laughs> <laughs> so now I see ads on Facebook, and there's like been lots of Zelda, Legend of Zelda ads on there for the new game coming out. So I'm like, oh man, I kind of got the Zelda bug again. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna play this Skyward Sword, and then you know the new one will come out soon. <laughs> so are you playing it with Waggle? Yeah, you have to, because like. That's the worst thing about the Wii U is that they didn't. Um, you, it can, it's backwards compatible, but it, it kind of basically has the Wii uh, OS on the Wii U, so you have to load into it basically. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of emulated. So then you you don't have support for the newer controllers, so you have to use your Wii shit to play stuff, which is really mm-hmm. lame. Because I was playing uh, Xenoblade uh, Chronicles, and I was like. Really, really hoping that I could just use a regular um, pro controller or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. but unfortunately you can't. So I'm I'm using the waggle, and there's you have to use it basically because you you can't play the game. It's basically um, you got to slash your sword, and it actually has that Wii Motion Plus. I mean, because like when it first came out, it actually had an actual Wii Motion integrated controller not the little plug-in thing that they came out with later but it actually has the integrated one and it was like a a gold one Hmm. in the uh special edition so i didn't i didn't get that obviously i i got this on ebay like like years later and it came with the soundtrack so i picked it up Mm -hmm. but um it's definitely better than i thought it would be um i'm not too crazy about the graphics 
because I I actually liked um, that last one. Twilight Princess? Yeah, Twilight Princess. I, somehow, like, whenever I do a podcast, I can't remember a damn thing. But, <laughs> yeah. I actually like Twilight Princess, and I actually liked Ocarina Time over Wind Waker. So I always like those polygonal ones rather than the the cell-shaded ones. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. I, I think uh, Wind Waker is the only 3D Zelda I've actually, like, played a significant portion of, but... I really like the graphics on Wind Waker. I think they're kind of cute and fun. Yeah, they, they grew on me. It's cause, I guess it's just because I grew up playing Zelda. I played the first one, and, the, and I, uh, I didn't play the second one, but my, my friend had it. I know it was back in the day where you know I didn't have a lot of disposable income. Of, like, a, you know, in grade school, mm-hmm. it's not like you can just... Not like now, where I'm buying every fucking game. I can't even play them all. Yeah, same here. <laughs> uh and, you know, back then I had to actually, like, mow, mow lawns and stuff and save up money for games. Uh-huh. So, I didn't have Zelda 2, but my buddy did. And it was I the just, side-scrolling one. Yeah, yeah. So, I was like, I played the first one, and then the second one I played, and it's just like, it's more of that serious vibe. Like, if you compare Zelda 2 to the Wind Waker, there's, there's nothing... They're they're not similar in any way, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, if you play Twilight Princess versus uh, Wind Waker, they're just totally s- different. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I guess like the first one I played was uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. Oh yeah. I feel like those were a little bit less. I mean, they, they had a little bit more cartooniness, which I guess kind of fed a little bit more into Wind Waker. Well, let's see. Those actually are in the same vein as um, uh, Link to the Past, which was on the... Was it was it Link to the Past? That was on the SNES. Yeah, I played the remake of Link to the Past, so I don't know what it was originally on. I played the GBA version. Yeah, so, th- I mean, those kind of... I think that's my favorite Zelda game, but then again, oh, yeah. I, have, I haven't played nearly all of them, because... Yeah, I mean, th- oh no, not Link to the Past. Um, Link's Awakening? I don't know. Just throwing out names of Zelda games now. <laughs> Maybe it was Link to the Past. Oh yeah, because Link's Awakening wasn't. I thought the week. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know. Uh, Link to the Past was on GBA. I thought Link's Awakening was on GBA. I don't know if I even played that one actually. Link's Awakening, I thought was like original Game Boy or Game Boy Color, and then Ages and Seasons, um, which I, those were the first ones I played. And then I'm pretty sure after that they did a remaster of. Link to the Past on GBA, and I played that, and I played a couple of the ones on DS, and the latest one on 3DS, but the only 3D one, like, you know, 3D graphics, or 3D movement, because uh, the only 3D movement one I've played is uh, Wind Waker. Mm, okay. Except, like, a little bit of, uh, what's the one everyone loses their shit over on N64? Oh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that one. I played, like, the first hour of that one, but... Yeah, that's a, that was, like, probably... The SNES one's my favorite out of all of them. And then Ocarina of Time and then Majora's Mask are like my other two favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I just like the polygonal ones better. I mean, aside from the 2D ones, I guess. And I, I did play... I actually have both of the Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. Yeah, me too. I got the one of them and then like... I remember playing through it. I'm like, I got to the end. I'm like, oh, I can get more stuff if I get the other ones. And then had to beg my parents to... 
get me the other one as well. <laughs> I, and I bought those like much later, or maybe I don't even have both. Maybe I only have one of them. I, I know that you could do some kind of link link them together and then trade shit. It was it was a code thing. It, there was some codes that you could use. I don't remember there was stuff during the game, but definitely once you beat the game, you'd get a code and you put in the code in the other game. And then you'd start off with uh, like a little bit of a boost, and there'd be extra stuff in the story. And then once you finished it, then you could get another code to go back to the first game. And once you beat that game again, then you got like the actual secret final boss, as I recall. I could be way off base, but... <laughs> well, yeah, they did have that, but there was also the link. Like you could, because they had the GBA link thing, mm-hmm. and if you had a friend that had the other one, you could link them together and trade shit back and forth or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe since I had both games myself, I don't remember that my brother wasn't into it so he wouldn't have uh done link cable stuff with me but i don't remember i don't remember there being anything but i just could maybe just never saw it i remember i got to this little pot with like some kind of snake or something inside and then they that's how you got that's how you would link your other person up well feel free to uh correct us in the comments for this episode (laughs) send us angry emails how can you not remember that there was this one thing in Oracle Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the game. I just got I got stuck in some dungeon. I didn't know what the hell to do, and I never did look up. I never did go to a walkthrough to like you know get through it. Yeah. And then I had that Minish Cap. That was a pretty good game. Yeah, I remember liking that one. And then I had the two on the DS. I had the Spirit Tracks, and then the other one. And there might have been one I missed too. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I finally got this one, and I just thought I was kind of a downgrade from Twilight Princess because I I loved the um, the art style of that. But this is kind of like a mix between Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. I mean, he's kind of like I guess he was kind of like watercolor looking, mm-hmm. and I think the new one's kind of like that too. The 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 Twilight Princess is more kind of dark and you know mm-hmm. stuff. So. I don't know if you've seen the uh, image. So there's that Sonic cycle, which everyone makes fun of. But then there's also the Zelda cycle, which is um, game comes out. Everyone says, oh, man, this new game sucks. I like the the game before that better. Okay, I'll make the next game like the one two games ago. And it comes out. Oh, we don't like this new game. We like the last ones. (laughs) You know, you didn't like the the chibi art style. Okay, well, then we'll make Twilight Princess. Oh, actually, we did like that. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of funny. Zelda fans seem to go back and forth on which art style they like and which, you know, <laughs> 2D or 3D they like and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was kind of like a... I mean, I was pissed when they when they uh, announced uh, Wind Waker and they showed the, the graphics. I was really angry because, like, they had shown a Zelda game for that, um, that add-on that never came out in the U.S., Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like the 64 DD, the double D or something. Mm-hmm. And they were supposedly they were making that Zelda, and then I guess they figured out, oh, we're gonna need some more power. We're gonna have to have this, or we're gonna we're gonna need more room, so we're gonna have to put on this DD. And it never came out here, so I guess they scrapped it. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, oh, uh, well, so then we didn't get anything after that, and then uh, the GameCube came out. And then um, they they showed everyone was expecting like okay we're gonna finally get to play this game that they they scrapped or got delayed or whatever and then they showed like this this uh, Wind Waker and everyone's like what the fuck is this 
And uh, a lot, there was like a camp that loved it, and then there was the other camp. I guess I was in the other camp where I was mm-hmm. pissed, but I bought it anyway because I love the I love Zelda. So it kind of grew yeah. on me. There are definitely tedious parts so. of the game, like, but in general, I thought it was fun. I I recall playing that one. I worked as a scout camps counselor, like Boy Scouts. Yeah, and so we had to. We basically, you know, lived at camp for the whole summer, and so we would all bring our game systems. I didn't have a GameCube, but my friend did, and he brought that and wind waker and so i played it while i was there so i remember sitting and you know getting off of uh work basically you know leaving teaching the kids and running back to my cabin to play wind waker yeah and i i I do i did get wind waker recently because they had and it might still be going on they had those nintendo select so they had it for like 20 bucks or something (laughs) what the fuck my friend who lives in chile just marked himself as safe during the process in Charlotte. <laughs> what? Nice. <laughs> You're nowhere near North Carolina, dude. <laughs> uh, well, let's not get into that stuff. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so I've, I've been playing Skyward Sword, and so far, it, you know, it's a Zelda game. It's got all this stuff, and I just wish I could play it with a regular controller, because I think it was just that that waggle stuff is way overdone, and the camera... The camera stuff really gets on my nerves because uh, you don't have a second analog stick. You got the the Wii mode in your right hand and then the nunchuck, and you got to press a button to recenter it. And then they map the they map the strafe button to the recenter the camera button. It's just kind of really sloppy. I just hate the controls with that. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's just kind of annoying uh, to try to, you know, fight with that stupid thing. Yeah. So I got a little bit, I got, I don't know, maybe past the first dungeon. Oh, I, I don't think I'm even past the first dungeon yet. I haven't got to the first boss yet. But but I'm in the first oh, okay. dungeon. And I went back, I got... This is the big tree one, isn't it? Uh, is that the tree? Not, well, I don't think it is a tree, but... Oh, wait, are you talking about yeah, Skyward, Skyward Sword? Yeah, Skyward Sword. Okay, never mind. I haven't played that one. I was thinking... I, sorry, I got zoned Yeah, the tree was like in uh, Ocarina Time. I think that was like the first dungeon. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's, that's really cool. And then I got a game for review, finally. Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters Daybreak Special Gigs. So I never played... <laughs> <laughs> I never played the first one, so I don't know if this is just the same game with extra stuff or if this is a brand new thing. I, I tried to look it up on the game's website, and it wasn't wasn't actually clear so mm. and then this one's kind of uh the same as that psychopath it's like a what did you call it like a story driven game visual novel yeah visual novel but it does have some kind of gameplay i've only played it for maybe two three hours so i'm i'm barely started it but so far it's like it's got a little little bit of rpg i guess to it it's mostly story and then there's lots and lots of dialogue, and I was kind of getting bored of it. Even though I'm, I do like that paranormal stuff, so it is kind of interesting. But it's just a little bit too much stuff, you know, to mm-hmm. go through. And it's just like constantly hitting the button, next, 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 and reading and stuff. So I'm just not in the mood to do that stuff right now. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So and then like you'll get to a point where you'll have to like get um like fight a ghost or whatever so you'll get in these you'll get in this uh area and then it's kind of like a top down i don't even know how to describe it you there's like a grid with um little 
markers like where you are and where your team members are and you'll have like several team members in your team and i did the tutorial so like the computer controlled your party members but then by the end of the controller uh by the end of the tutorial uh they let you kind of tell where your party members are going to go so i i assume that later battles that you'll be controlling everybody Mm -hmm. so it'll show like a room it's just like a grid and then it shows a ghost and it shows like all the different directions the ghost can go and how far they can move and you kind of kind of got to get your party members around it and kind of anticipate where it's going to go. So it was like a little bit frustrating because I, the first, the first ghost you fight had like, it wasn't just like four spaces east, south, north, west. It's like, you know, two spaces north, but then, then there's like a square at the top. It could go with any four squares up at the top and it was like an odd shape. So you, it could go anywhere. And so I, I try to flank it. I tried to go have one member go one way and the other one go the other way. And then I ended up choosing wrong. And then a couple times, like, if you don't land your character where the ghost is, if he kind of sneaks up on you, then he kind of hits you and you don't get to hit him back. Hmm. So it's, there's actual gameplay to this one, but it's just a little bit frustrating. So I, I don't know how much I'm going to enjoy it. But mm-hmm. so far it's interesting. So... I'll have more, I guess, in the next episode. So, okay. I guess that takes us to our break. Yeah. Need to f- refill my water. So much talking, my throat was starting to. <laughs> I gotta get another rainier beer here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, take a break, and we'll be back in uh, just a few with uh, what we're watching, review of uh, Hatsune Miku, uh, anime of the month, and a topic of the month. So, uh, don't go anywhere. got what we're watching some game reviews and then anime of the month and then the topics so andy um why don't you start us off with what you're watching uh sure um actually not a whole lot recently uh been kind of slow on watching stuff i i'm still watching all the shows that i talked about last time the currently airing ones um but uh i kind of you know since i talked about those last week i don't feel like i really need to go into those too much um but i did get uh, Blu-ray called uh, Barakamon recently. So this was a show from I don't know, like two years ago maybe. Uh, and it's about a guy who is a professional calligraphy artist, and he has a calligraphy that's on at a uh, I don't know competition or whatever, and he wins. But uh, one of the like elder people there looks at his, his calligraphy and says, "Oh, it's kind of." It's kind of rote and kind of textbook, and, you know, it's basically only made to win uh, competitions. It's not really original. And so the calligrapher guy gets really pissed and punches him, <laughs> which is obviously, like, really bad, especially in Japan. So he basically gets sent to this remote island by his dad, who's like, you know, go to this place and kind of, like, find yourself. Um, and so the whole show is about him. It's kind of part comedy, but... Uh, definitely gets serious, but it's kind of about the guy kind of like finding himself and finding his own calligraphy style. And um, he he ends up kind of getting in with the kids of the island. So um, specifically, there's this one 
girl who's like, I don't know, seven or eight. Um, and she's like constantly coming over to his house and, uh, like, you know, basically kicking his ass into doing stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's kind of like about his relationship with these kids at the island and, uh, finding himself and all that kind of stuff. It's a really funny show. Um, I, one of the shows I talked about last time was called Honda-san, which was also about a calligrapher. And this is actually, it's the same guy. Hmm. Um, so that one was in high school. It's him in high school. And that was actually kind of like a prequel to this one. Although uh, the high school one's more of a comedy. This one's more serious at times. Hmm. But there's definitely still a lot of comedic elements. And, you know, the kids of the island kind of like make fun of him a lot and uh, have a really weird, weird, weird traditions that he's not used to being from Tokyo and all that kind of stuff. But... It's it's a really good show. I think it's um, worth watching. Obviously, because I you know bought it even though I'd already seen it. Um, I rewatched it. So so you bought it on on Blu-ray. Yeah. Okay. So is it on Crunchyroll or another of those? Or uh, I don't remember. And no worries. I I was yeah. It was. I'm trying to think. I think it's on Funimation because I think Honda Sans also on Funimation. So you you watched it first streaming and then you bought it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a really cool show and obviously there's a lot of calligraphy in it too. Maybe not like as much of the focus as it would seem, given that that's kind of like the chain of stuff that starts it off. But you know, every once in a while, like he'll be doing something something with the kids, like you know they keep him out late at night and he ends up like falling down this the side of a cliff and he gets <laughs> stuck and then. He realizes as he's laying there, he's like looking at the stars, and he's like, "Wow, this is actually really interesting." And so then he goes back and he paints calligraphy. That's uh, you know the the character for stars. That's kind of interesting and stuff like that. So it's a really cool show. I think it's like it's kind of heartwarming, but um, also very funny at times. So really good. All right, cool. And then I don't remember if I talked about it last time, but uh, the Rurouni Kenshin live action movies they'd made three movies that are kind of an adaptation of uh, Rurouni Kenshin. And the first one aired in theaters last month. And then the second one aired in theaters like a week or two ago. So I went and saw that. Yeah, they're pretty good. That's not Funimation, is it? Cause I, they, yeah, actually it is. Okay, because I keep getting emails about that one. And then I saw some kind of snippet somewhere. I didn't even know where the hell I saw it. But it, this isn't the same one, is it? Where there's like two women and one's like a sword. Or is, I don't know if it's a guy or not. I can't remember if it's two women or it's a guy. And the sword is like sharp on the wrong side or something like that yep that's the right one okay okay yeah because i saw like a little snippet of that yeah so this was originally a manga um i forget the name of the artist but uh it was originally a manga about uh, a guy it takes place in the meiji area era and i don't know how familiar you are with japanese history i'm not actually all that familiar myself but i've kind of learned through these movies but basically there was like an uprising of the government and then this takes place like six or seven years after the uprising was successful and reinstated the government. And so the the main character during the war um, or during the battles, he was not- known as uh, Patosai the Manslayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was he killed a lot of people. And then near the end of the revolution, he kind of decided, hey, this is actually kind of bad. I don't like killing people. So he, he vowed to stop killing people. And he was going to use his sword to protect people. So that's why he has uh, the Sakabato... The reverse blade sword. I forget what it's called. I think it's I think it's something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he has a sword where the blade is on the back side. Yeah, so he can still kind of fight people with it, but if he hits them with the front side, he's not cutting them. He's just like, you know, hurting them and knocking them out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an interesting... 
I I never read the manga, and it did get an anime adaptation back in I want to say it was late '90s, early 2000s, um, and it was shown on Toonami for a long time. So that's where I saw it, and uh, it's it's mostly you know historical based, but there's kind of some supernatural elements. Like the person he fights in the first movie has like uh, I forget what they call it, like a super strong will. So like. He'll look someone in the eyes, and if they're not strong enough, then they'll basically they can't move kind of thing. <laughs> so it's got some of those like silly, slightly supernatural elements to it, and and whatnot. But uh, it's a really cool, and the the live action movies are actually surprisingly good. Like um, before, I went and saw the first one, I was wasn't sure what to expect, but uh, it was actually I enjoyed the first one a lot, especially because that was this the arc that I was more familiar with. They're kind of starting to get into the stuff that I'm not as familiar with. Just because, you know, the way Toonami shows stuff, they tend to reshow the first few episodes a lot. Plus, as I'm, I'm, I think the anime adaptation diverged from the manga because they had the same thing like Naruto and those Mm -hmm. where they caught up to the manga and then they were like, well, instead of doing filler, we're just going to like do our own thing. So they ended up like having a completely different ending from the manga, as I recall. Oh, okay. But yeah, so the live actions are pretty good. I think the third one's supposed to be airing next month at some point um although it's it's a direct continuation of the second movie so i don't know how easy it would be to watch if someone hasn't seen the first one especially or the second one especially but also the first one but i think they're pretty decent i think funimation is releasing them on blu-ray at some point yeah they're really pushing them and it's so st- I, I don't think they're this corny because like i don't know maybe you've I don't know if you've ever experienced this or had any people that are like Chinese or Vietnamese friends, but they mm-hmm. they have these like shows in Asia and particularly like in China and Taiwan and Hong Kong. Uh, they're kind of like these soap operas, but they're set in like those old time setting mm-hmm. where they're wearing all those different things and all the traditional stuff. And this is yeah. this is what it kind of reminded me of that because this is a little bit similar to that too. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's it's still set in those old times. Um, I want to say because this was shortly after Commander Perry had uh, made contact with Japan because like the military police force in Rurouni Kenshin they have guns, mm, okay. um, but they're they're considered relatively new to Japan. Yeah, um, both like. The guns themselves, and then all the culture from from the West. So I want to say this is like a decade after that point. So I, I forget where exactly in history that is, but so it's definitely like it's got that kind of you know old time aesthetic in terms of the clothes people are wearing and everything. But but is it, I don't know. The, it's like the hmm? down because I just saw one kind of fight. Like someone was trying to. I think it was like a lady trying to arrest him, and then it like he explained that it, that the blade doesn't cut anyone, and then they yeah. So it I the main character is Kenshin, who's um, you know wandering swordsman. Uh, he ends up being taken in by uh, a girl named Kaoru. So she runs a dojo, um, and when she sees him, she assumes that you know he's up to no good because he's got a sword, and you're not supposed to have swords at that time. So she tries to take him, and that's when he you know explains the sword and everything. But so she teaches uh, a style of swordsmanship that's um, focused on protecting people, which is part of the reason why he ends up kind of liking her and staying at her dojo and everything. Mm, cool. Um, but obviously, obviously, he's really strong. Because you know he was killing lots of people during during the revolution and everything, yeah. so it's, it's got a lot of action and the action is uh, surprisingly good in the the live action. So 
I thought it was well done. So is, there's not a lot of that soap opera stuff in the middle, is it? Or do they kind of do that kind of corny stuff? Or There's a little bit. Like, Kenshin is purposely kind of uh, goofballish when he's not... You know, he goes into serious mode when he's fighting someone. But um, you probably saw it in the fight with Kaoru because he doesn't really take it seriously. When he's in not in his serious mode, he's kind of a goofball. Hmm. Um, but they, I, I feel like they do a good job of kind of... Uh, leveraging the two together yeah um and it is obviously that's all in the the anime as well where he's he kind of switches between kind of a goofball mode and serious mode um but yeah it's they're good movies and i think the anime is obviously worth worth watching too so so you're watching the anime are you watching the anime or the movies or both the live actions they here in phoenix they showed both of the movies for a single showing on a single night oh how long were they like uh 90 minutes do they have an intermission it's three it's three separate movies and i watched the first one last month and then the second one this month and i think the third one comes out next month okay or it's going to be in theaters next month okay i thought you meant they were like back to back and you had to sit through two at a time or something no no yeah they're they're doing them one month apart roughly i think at some other places the movies are playing more than once but here they're only playing a single showing for a single night (laughs) yeah i get an i get an email like I've got at least two emails about it. Like, Funimation's really kind of pushing it. Mm-hmm. I should probably watch it or try to find out. I think you would probably like the anime because it's, it's kind of fits into a lot of the um, similar archetypes to Naruto and Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. Yeah. and there, But there's not really any supernatural. This is more kind of like... There's, like I said, there's light tinges of supernatural. Okay. But not a whole lot. Like, yeah, so... Like some of his en- some of his enemies have you know dubious powers that wouldn't really exist. But that was kind of funny because you mentioned where he could stare at you and you couldn't move. Because I I wonder if this that must be like I'll always kind of come across kind of odd stuff like that. And then um, I'll ask my wife who's Taiwanese like, hey, is there any kind of folklore about or story or old wives tale about X? why or something it's like oh yeah that's a story you know <laughs> yeah so like yeah this stuff is kind of funny because like in that yu yu haka show there was like this like later on in the in the series uh he meets these people that could expand their territory and it's just like this ominous area around them that they could like kind of create like a alternate dimension almost or their or their um their supernatural powers had like an area of effect and if you stepped in there they were kind of in control mm-hmm. and like one guy could like if he stood on your shadow you'd be stuck mm-hmm. and then he could just beat the shit out of you and just you couldn't do anything about it mm-hmm. so that was it's almost reminded me that when you said that he could stare you down and you couldn't move yeah yeah i feel like i've seen that in a few different shows so yeah it must be one of those those you know stories or something yeah that or a theme that they keep doing. But yeah, so I thought the live-action movies were pretty good. And then uh, another Blu-ray I bought recently um, is called When Supernatural Battles Become Commonplace. Uh, so this is like probably like the third one that you've had that has like this bizarre title. So I guess these are kind of like direct translations. Yeah, yeah, it's basically a direct translation of the title. Because <laughs> like you had like the, this art school has a problem and then there was... Or was it art school or some yeah. kind of school has a problem? And then, you, then you had another one before that. It was a really long one. I can't remember what it was. It's kind of a thing in in, in uh, anime and uh, light novels, especially, which often get adapted into anime, 
to have like these long descriptive titles. And it's actually, it's kind of become a joke even in the fandom itself. Um, hmm. Like there's a, there's a game that came out or is coming out. I don't remember if it's actually out yet. Uh, that there's a title on the game and then the actual full title of the game takes up like an entire page. Oh, geez. Um, I'm trying to remember what the, what the shortened title is. Cause I don't remember the full title, obviously, but, uh, the game is, the game is where you play as a high school student who has a camera mm-hmm. who's trying to take upskirt, uh, pictures. <laughs> nice. So he's like, he's like crawling around on the ground and. All this kind of stuff. Oh, I think so. I've seen screenshots of something similar to that. I d- I wonder if that's going to be localized, like maybe PQ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I want to say it's a PS4, PS3 game. I don't know, but yeah. So they they made fun of the kind of long title thing in that the full title of that game takes up like the whole page, and but a lot of these these shows get like shortened abbreviations that fans start using. So believe well, in that Dragon Quest, like the tree something or something in those blight below is like this long ass title yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah so um the show when supernatural battles become commonplace um it's done by the same studio who did kill a kill Hmm. so trigger so that was part of the reason why i watched it originally so this is another show that i watched uh simulcast and then i ended up buying it because i kind of enjoyed it um but i watched it because it was trigger who did kill a kill it's a pretty cool show um basically uh it's this uh group of high school kids who all get superpowers and that's it Mm. like you'd expect that they get caught up in fighting other superpowers or whatever but they don't which is kind of like they even comment like where are like the people we're supposed to fight (laughs) and the one guy's a big kind of otaku like they call it chunibyo Hmm. which i don't know if you're familiar with that term it's kind of becoming more popular in anime but it's basically it's someone who has like delusions of grandeur where they're like, Oh, you know, I totally had superpowers in my past life. And, um, you know, there's a, there's an ancient evil living in my right arm kind of thing like that. Mm. Um, it, the direct translation of Chunibyo is eighth grade syndrome. Huh. So it's kind of like someone who's younger than they, they act and act like they have, you know, powers and stuff. So he has, you know, Chunibyo and then he actually gets superpowers. So <laughs> like he, he names his ability dark and dark. <laughs> And all it is is he makes, like, a dark flame. But, like, the other members of the club, one of them can uh, summon elements so she can, like, summon fire and water. Another one can, like, stop time. And one of them can uh, heal things, stuff like that. So they get all these, like, powers. And then they basically, you know, <laughs> have to figure out what exactly they're supposed to do with them despite there not being anything to do with them. <laughs> so it's kind of a funny show. And um, there are some stuff that happens, like, late in the series that does kind of shake it up a little bit. But, uh I thought it was kind of funny and cute, so I ended up buying the the Blu-ray and rewatching it in the past week or so. Oh, nice! I always like just I do kind of like buying these just weird one-off things. I don't know why. Just I just figure like at some point I'm I'm gonna be able to have a kid, and you know this stuff will be long forgotten, and I'll have this stuff I can watch and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So pretty cool. Yep. So that's what I've been watching recently. That and uh, still watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> oh yeah. So how far are you? Because I I was kind of a late comer to that. I mean, I did watch it when it was on when it was airing, and then I don't know why, but it, somehow I ended up quit watching it because that was that was before DVR days. So you couldn't just like 
DVR them and catch up. You had to kind of like, if you missed it, you're screwed. Yeah. And I think I missed enough episodes. I was like, oh, fuck it. It's not even worth going to now. Yeah, especially Deep Space Nine. It's I hadn't seen it because, uh, like like you, I really didn't watch it when it was airing. Especially because I was like still only in middle school, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, watching it now, like starting at the beginning, it's definitely a lot more serial than the other uh, Star Trek shows. They're, they build on previous stuff a lot more. So I'm like, I'm in the middle of the fourth season, I think. Now, you, you watch TNG, all of them, right? Yeah. Okay. Because, like, I, I'm a ginormous TNG fan. I love TNG so much. Mm-hmm. And when this first came, when DS9 first came out, I I was really ambivalent about it. I, I was kind of, I didn't, I gave it a chance, but I just wasn't quite sold on Cisco. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of weird. He He wasn't, like like the other captains and mm-hmm. he wasn't really a captain really because it was a space station i wasn't really quite certain about the whole space station thing and then you know like i just told you i i kind of got out of it but then years and years later uh my buddy started buying them on dvd and we started watching them and i really really got into do space nine and it's it actually is one of my favorites now mm. um it got really really interesting later on when uh the whole dominion stuff happened yeah i haven't quite gotten there yet like they're just now f- finishing up the klingon war yeah and the the ending was kind of weird like i don't that was kind of a very bizarre ending you'll you'll see i mean hopefully we'll talk about it when you get to it but yeah it's 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 slow going because it's like sometimes I only watch like one or two episodes a week so getting through seven seasons will take a while but now, are you buying them, or are you just watching them on Netflix? Or Just watching them on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I watched... I I really got into Star Trek on Voyager, actually, because that was around the time when I was in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. So that one I watched religiously when it was airing, and then I watched Enterprise when it was airing. That's a little bit then, sad, though, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people say that, but I... Uh, Maybe it's just because I started there, but I don't think either of those shows are as bad as people make them out to be. They they have some bad episodes for sure, but well, it's a, it's amazing that you kept with it because like I think if I would have my first experience because I could, I can watch Voyager and later on I could it kind of grew on me after I watch it all, mm-hmm. but because like the the TNG was so good at the time, and then one summer uh, one summer I watched. Uh, they they replayed the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire I think there's only like two seasons of it. It's not very much. Yeah, there's like I think there's three. Yeah, something like that. It's like it, it was very short. You know, you it's kind of bizarre because like I remember when my dad used to watch it. It seemed like there was a jillion episodes, you know. But then later on, you know, it comes out and it's like, oh, there's really that little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so I guess my very first one was uh, the Next Generation. It was so good, and I really got into it. And I watched I watched the original series over a summer, and they'd play it like late at night, like starting at ten o'clock, and then afterwards would be like Mama's family. So I watch I'd watch uh, it was like a whole summer, and it was just like this is one of my one of my fondest memories. I'd watch Star Trek at like five or six o'clock. That was like the next generation, and then at night I'd be sure to stay up and watch the original series, and then I'd watch Mama's Family. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was just a so like I was able to give DS Nine a chance, and I was able to give Voyager a chance because like I loved the the original, but I don't know what would happen if I you know if 
Voyager was my only exposure to Star Trek. Well, I mean, Voyager wasn't my only. Obviously, at the time, they would, you know, be airing... Uh, DS9 was still running, and then occasionally, you know, you'd catch uh, next-gen reruns and stuff like that. But my dad was a big fan of, well, all of it. He didn't get as much into Deep Space Nine, really, but he liked original series and next-gen. My mom was kind of okay with next-gen, but then when she saw that the captain of Voyager was female, she actually kind of got into it. Mm-hmm. So for me growing up, you know, Voyager was a thing that my whole family would kind of sit down and watch when it aired um, each week. I can kind of understand because 7 and 9 is like one of my freaking MILFs. <laughs> <laughs> or not MILFs. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, waifu. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Her and um, like an Enterprise... Uh, What's the vault to Paul? Oh my God! Those two were the, the they like blow yeah. um, Troy out of the water. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they were really trying for it too. Like, oh my God! Uh, but yeah, so Voyager was like the thing that we all watched together, and then when that went off the air and they started doing Enterprise, we kind of kept watching that together. So, I mean, Enterprise I feel like has two good seasons out of the four. Um, and Voyager, I feel like has maybe like three good seasons, maybe split up because you know even the good seasons have some bad episodes. But I, I actually during college I rewatched all of Voyager and all of Enterprise, and then when I got Netflix and I realized that I could watch watch them legally because um, then I, I started rewatching all of uh, Next Gen from the beginning and then DS Nine from the beginning. So trying to like because I had seen a lot of Next Gen, but I hadn't seen it all, and so it was really like. Especially, like, those first couple seasons, they don't tend to show those ones, because those are the kind of crappy ones. Yeah. But there's... there's, I I love Star Trek, and actually, like, sitting down and watching all the, the stuff I hadn't seen before is good. And I'm getting a lot more into DS9 now that I've watched it from the beginning, and I'm actually, like, seeing the different storylines play out. It gets really good. I mean, and even Enterprise, I wasn't... It's like... Enterprise is my least favorite of them all, but it's understandable. It's kind of a shame though, because it started really getting good at the end when they had that. It, was it the Zangi or something? Yeah, the Zindi or Zindi. Yeah, when it when they the last two seasons were really getting good, and it's, it's kind of a shame because like it seems like all Star Treks they take like a a season or two to really get. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know where, where the rubber really hits the road and really get going, and you really start. Like, man, this is really getting good. The characters are really developed now. And it's just like, it's kind of a shame that they couldn't have kept going with Enterprise. And, you know, because I really enjoyed the yeah, last. Maybe, maybe found its footing fully. But. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you're you're really going to like uh, DS9, I think. Like, once you get once you really get into it. Because I, I actually do want to get it at some, like, buy it at some point. Because um, my buddy bought all of them and. I don't think they've got them on Blu-ray yet. I know they got uh, the next generation on Blu-ray, and I, at some point I do want to get those. They're just kind of too expensive right now to get all of them. Mm-hmm. But it was actually kind of it was actually kind of funny because uh, over Labor Day weekend, my dad came out and uh, he hadn't seen the new Star Trek movie yet, mm-hmm. so we went and saw that. And then afterwards, we were kind of discussing it because um, he's actually he he really likes the new movies. Really? Um, in fact, he he said he thinks the 2009 one. It might be one of his favorite Trek movies. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I think they're okay, but I'm not huge on them. I, I feel like they're, especially the the first one. I think is a good sci-fi movie, but doesn't feel like a Star Trek movie to me. And then Into Darkness, I just, eh. 
But I do like Beyond. I think Beyond is good. I'm just too I'm just too invested in the original characters, and I just don't like the new ones, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we were having, we were discussing it, and you know we're talking about okay, the you know after after the movie we're like talking about our favorite movies, you know which which Trek movies we like, which ones we don't like, and uh, that weekend we went down to Tucson to do some stuff, and we ended up visiting the uh, Titan Missile Museum, mm-hmm. which is where they had uh, nuclear uh, warheads during the the Cold War, and they actually filmed scenes from First Contact. Hmm at that location. So after we got home, I have all of the movies on Blu-ray because I have the two like Blu-ray uh, movie collections. And we're like, you know, we were talking about Star Trek, the old movies, and we both agreed that we like, you know, First Contact is one of our favorites. If not, I think it's my favorite overall. And we had just been to the Titan Museum and we're like, well, let's, let's watch First Contact. So then <laughs> we got back to my apartment or my house. We watched uh, First Contact. So yeah, cool. I love that movie. I love that movie. So good. I got. I actually have um, all the movies, not next gen. I got the ones that were the original series movies. It was like a pack. Mm-hmm. So I guess I got one of the packs that you've got. Yeah, there's the original series ones and then the next gen ones. So yeah, I want to get. I want to get the next gen ones, but uh, at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't even. I barely cracked it open. To really, I. I think I watched part part of the first whatever movie, and I haven't really watched Ooh. much after that. First movie is real rough. That one's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I. They. They kind of all blend together to me. I mean, it's kind of bizarre. Like all. I. All I really. The one that I really, 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 really remember is the one with the whales. <laughs> oh yeah, the fourth one. Yeah. Journey home. Yeah, so it was kind of funny because I've been slowly rewatching the movies as well. And after I saw Beyond the first time, because I saw it like opening weekend, I came home and I was like, I want to watch more Star Trek. So I watched the fourth one, which is the one that I was on at the moment. And there is a stark difference between Star Trek Four and Star Trek Beyond. Like <laughs> Star Trek Four is mostly a comedy, and Star Trek Beyond is not. <laughs> well, it's. Yeah, very interesting how how that series has changed over the years now has the new series come out on youtube yet i can't remember no star trek discovery is supposed to start early next year i think it was really supposed to start in january and i think they delayed it and now it's starting in later in the year um and it's only going to be on their freaking streaming service so if you want to watch it then you're supposed you get to pay them to watch their streaming service. Okay, okay. It's on CBS, I think. Maybe I'm getting something confused because I could have sworn that that they were gonna. And maybe I'm getting confused with another series because they were saying like they were gonna put it on YouTube for free, and they were gonna gauge interest by whoever watched it, and then that would that would be part of the decision making whether they were gonna have a new series or not. Hmm. Well, from what I understand, this one. The first episode they're going to make available for free for everyone. You know, first first taste is free, and then after that you have to subscribe to their streaming service. Mm. Um, and yeah, I believe it's supposed to take place in the normal universe between original series and next gen. Mm, okay, if I'm not mistaken. Now, have you watched uh, Battlestar Galactica, the new ones? I have not, and that's one my dad and my brother they shotgun through that series. And they were singing its praises one of the last times I was at home. So at some point, it's, it's on my list of things to watch, but still working through DS9 at the moment. Yeah, I think if you you better finish DS9 before you start that, because I think if you're anything like me, you'll see it and you're going to get hooked on it. And you're going to watch it all the way through and be 
it's going to be like a weekend or or more for you because it's so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I bought those on, on Blu-ray and then I, I was so into that series and then they, they had Caprica that was on on sci-fi and then that got dumped and I was so... And it was just starting to get good too and I was so heartbroken when they dumped it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So... <laughs> Well, yeah. Hopefully, one of these days I'll get around to it. So I guess that's a good segue into what I'm watching, because mine has a heartbreaking (laughs) drop-off. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I finally finished, and I put that in air quotes, uh, Torico. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically there's two collections, so there's like 50 episodes on uh, eight DVDs. And so I've... I thought that was the entire thing. And I was like, no, it's not the entire thing. There's like 160-something episodes of it. And, like, they... So, I guess Funimation only got this far, and maybe they didn't get the feedback they were hoping for, and then there's a bunch of other ones that didn't make it. (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) Now, one... One saving grace is I think they got them all streaming, but they're subtitles, so I'm probably going to have to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be weird because I'm connected to these dub people. Yeah, yeah. And it's so because they're really they're really really good. I mean, the last um, bonus material was like all the cat, not all the cast, but like four of the cast members, four of the main people. They were missing one person that was like the kind of the other uh main character like the sub main character whatever you call him the sidekick he wasn't in this but uh they had four of the four of the main people and they were kind of this is the first time i've ever seen like an extra where they actually showed the people's faces oh really so like they were yeah they were like all sitting at a table and they were eating because the whole show is about eating yeah yeah i remember And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I, I guess you could classify me as a foodie. I'm not like a ginormous foodie, but I'm a pretty big. Foodie. I feel like whenever I see a picture from you on Facebook, it's usually of food. No, because I'm, <laughs> I'm always going out to eat, and I'm always cook. I guess I love food. I don't eat a lot though. Uh-huh. Since I've moved to Seattle, I've gained like 20 pounds or more. Because when I moved here, it was like 160, and now I'm like almost like 190. And I think the fattest I got was like 195. <laughs> And I'm 6'2", so it's not too bad, but there's just too much good food here. Uh, so anyway, I'm and I'm tr- I'm always trying to find stuff I can cook. So I'm I'm always cooking myself, you know, trying to find things. And I bought some like cast iron stuff, and I've been cooking some different things, and it was just awesome. And I'm all I'm thinking about is like Torico while I'm <laughs> while I'm doing this stuff. <laughs> you don't have to hunt down your food, so you know. yeah, exactly, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I really got into the show, and it's like, I got to the end, and it's like, oh, wait, it's it's a cliffhanger. Like, I'm like, what's going on here? Is there a, is there a three? And I looked online, and like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's one of these ones where it's like, uh, it's like a cliffhanger, and it's like, ah. Uh, and then I'm just, they just left you hanging. <laughs> I was like that for a while. There was a show I was buying called um, Welcome to the NHK, and uh it was it was a short show it was only 24 episodes but uh this was back around like 2008 so generally releases would be like four episodes a disc so they were putting out you know disc 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 so i got the first five discs and then the company that was releasing it 
went under. Oh, jeez. And I was like, no, god damn it, I wanted the rest of this show. But uh, fortunately, someone else bought the rights to the show and ended up releasing the sixth disc. Oh, nice. Um, so I, I did it. I did get to finish the, the collection of that show. But that is just <laughs> for a while there, I was concerned. That is just the worst. I mean, when you just get so invested into something and then you find out, oh, fuck, it's not going to happen anymore. Like, you're not going to get any more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man. So anyways, I was so kind of heartbroken, but I'm, I'm, at least I can watch the subs, which I'm happy about. And, um, it's just such a great show. I mean, it's, it's, it's totally stupid and lighthearted and it's just about just fighting and food. I mean, what more could you want? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny. They just have so many funny things and it's, it's kind of like a Dragon Ball with culinary stuff, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just fun, and I highly recommend checking it out. And like, I mean, if if everyone could just buy the DVDs, like I think we had six thousand downloads of the show last time. Like, if we, everyone can just buy Torco, so we can get the rest <laughs> of it. <laughs> there you go, folks. And make sure you use our Amazon link while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, so I got through that, and I'm actually. Because I've been dabbling with the idea of kind of getting into some of the manga. Because I'm in, I'm really into One Piece, and then I'm listening to that um, that Dragon Ball podcast, and they're talking about the manga too. And I'm like, I, I know I'm kind of missing out on stuff. Like mm-hmm. the only thing I don't like about manga is like it's all black and white. I'd like to buy the ones that are when they do the full color ones at least. Those are pretty rare. Yes. Well, at least the Dragon Balls they came out in color, but I don't think they're done yet unfortunately yeah well that's because dragon ball is so insanely popular that they could do it yeah but uh, i think a lot of other things don't do that at at best you get like the first page in color yeah that's a shame i mean with with the digital age now i would think they would do more you know yeah it's just the way manga is made it's generally like one person doing both the story and the art and then occasionally if they're big enough they'll have like an assistant who does like background tones and stuff um so they just and especially if they're doing, like, a weekly thing. They don't have the time, really, to do color. Um, compared to, like, Western comics, where it's usually a team of people and separate artists and story people and that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's unfortunate, but it's just kind of the way it is. Yeah, because they, they kept talking about the manga in the extra, you know, the extra, like, the commentary and stuff. And I'm like, hey, I wonder if I should just check it out, you know. I, I'd kind of like mm-hmm. to have some of these mangas, too. And it, I got um, I got the the first two chunks of uh one piece manga on my wish list and it's been on sale several times for like a hundred bucks and i'm it's always at a time where i just don't have an extra hundred bucks to spend on that stuff yeah i know that feeling <laughs> but it's like a ginormous i mean huge set and i think about it and i'm like well i don't even really have a place to put it either you know <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of on my radar so i got that and then i'm just i'm kind of in an in-between mode because i've got tons of backlog um stuff that i need to watch and then i i need to go back to one piece because my i got my buddy into one piece and he really really wants to talk about it and like he was way behind me before but now he's like way ahead of me so i kind of have to watch so that i can catch up and talk to him about it (laughs) (laughs) weren't you are you still waiting for them to release next season or whatever season said well they the thing is is that they've got them all out i'm waiting for the the special amazon 
Treasure Box version. Cause, yeah, Because yeah. they came out with uh, Treasure Box 1, 2, and 3, and they have, like, extra stuff. Like, they have, like, the wanted posters for the different One Piece characters, and it was, like, really cool stuff. And I, I had already bought it all, and, then, like, if I would have waited, I could have got that box, and it was not only cheaper than what I paid... It also had that extra crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, next time I'm going to do it. And of course, they don't have it. <laughs> yeah. So I keep tweeting. Like, I tweeted a couple times. I'm like, should I keep waiting for this or what? <laughs> <laughs> and I tweeted Amazon and Funimation. I never got any tweets back. I guess I don't have enough followers, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tweet it from the main main account. Yeah, I should, I should get on the... the uh, PS Nation account and say, hey, we've got whatever, 18,000 people that are waiting to buy this with our Amazon link. Please hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I'm in it. Or maybe instead maybe instead of one account with a bunch of followers, you just need a bunch of people to tweet them. So, so here's your call to action. Tweet at Funimation and Amazon. Yeah, Do yeah, it. If you're a One Piece fan. <laughs> so now, now everyone's spending money and tweeting. What else can we get the five people listening to our show to do? <laughs> Yeah, everyone in Sweden and uh, even the Minecraft guy. I know we soured your your uh, soured ourselves on you, but at least you could at least try to get us some anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I got a bunch of I got a pile of DVDs and Blu-rays to watch, and uh, uh, I had I had started this series a while back, but I just kind of got sidetracked and kind of. I, I think I watched maybe three episodes and I quit. And it's a, it's a very bizarre series. It's called Galaxy Railways. Hmm. And I, I think I saw it like on a... on a that's, what, that's what's bad about Funimation. Like you buy a DVD and then they'll have like a, like a preview of uh, something else. And then you're like, oh, that looks good. And then next thing you know, you have like 15 DVDs and Blu-rays from Funimation. So... <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Th- and then they had the the complete collection. I think it was on sale, and I bought it. And so it's a very, very bizarre... I mean, because, like, you've already heard a couple episodes ago, I talked about Eureka 7. So that's, like, surfing robots, like surfing mechs. Yeah. So this one's about space, but it's, like, trains in space. <laughs> it's huh. very, and it's, like, they've got these... Um, not really stargates but they're these uh they're kind of like stargates but they're just like this whole i think they explained it in one episode like this alien race created this whole i don't know high not highway but whole system of this terrestrial or extraterrestrial railway and then these these old steam trains like can fly and go through these like portals and these tracks and stuff and then there's like these pirates attacking them so it's very 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 weird but I think I've seen scenes from this, but I've never actually seen the show. It sounds interesting. It's not. It's not great. I mean, you're not gonna. I don't think it's something that you're gonna be like hooked on or anything. But it, I bought it because yeah. it was on sale and it looked interesting. So I just said, "Oh, what the heck? I'll check it out." And it's weird. Uh, but I'm. I'm gonna finish it. I think it's. It's interesting enough, and I've. I've already spent the money on it, so I'm gonna keep. Keep going. But um. Yeah, it's kind of like it's. It starts out with like this, um, this these two boys, and then their dad is like part of this special force that drives the trains, and like so. I guess they have these trains going between between all these planets, and people, you know, uh, people normally take these trains to the different planets, and I guess they get attacked by pirates, so they need like a special defense force to 
protect the trains. <laughs> and so it's just kind of goes along with like the, the boys, they end up getting into the whole thing and they have like all those weird space things. Like there was one, some kind of time knot where they ended up like in this time, I don't know what it is, where it's like time warp and they warped like five years in the past and they have all these bizarre little things that happen. So it's 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 interesting. It's not. I mean, it's not like a great thing, but it's it's interesting. So hmm. it's quirky and it's kind of up my alley. So I like kind of quirky little things like this. Yeah. So that's all I've been watching so far. Um, okay. It's kind of shameful. I got so much stuff to watch, and I would if I had more time. I would you know just sit on Funimation or Crunchyroll and watch all this stuff. But <laughs> yep, that's, that's, that is the problem <laughs> well so i guess game reviews yeah um so i could have reviewed a couple other things i said i was gonna talk about uh hatsune miku project diva x um just because i like rhythm games and uh it's the latest in the miku games so um for anyone who hasn't played it before it's it's, it's obviously a rhythm game uh the weird thing is that there's no like bar of of notes coming down like you would see in guitar here or whatever instead you get like pop-ups all over the screen that are the different uh playstation buttons the cross and circle square and triangle and uh you get like the another version of it that kind of like flies towards it and then you have to press it in time with uh the music um so i mean it's it's a fun uh rhythm game um obviously they've done a few of these before and uh I guess one of the complaints that some people had, uh, including myself, is that so you're trying to look for these things that aren't necessarily in the same spot on the screen every time, and uh, sometimes like the backgrounds and the music videos that are playing in the background can kind of get distracting. Um, so one of thing I like about uh, Project Diva X is they kind of tone that down a little bit. The, the backgrounds aren't quite as crazy. It's usually just um, whoever's singing like dancing in the background. So it makes it a little bit easier to actually play the game. But uh, I do think. One of the cool things about the old old games was how crazy some of the backgrounds were, and sometimes they were kind of fun to watch, even when you weren't playing the game. So I'm kind of kind of torn on uh, the fact that they took those out. Yeah, I, I think I got um, it was Diva F, and it was it F2. There was like a kind of a re-release of it. F2 was just a completely separate game, new songs and everything. Okay, because I got one on the PS3, and it was like on sale or something at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did have that problem as well. Like, I don't know if it, like, I also had the problem with kind of a lag, actually. And I even, I even calibrated and I still could not get it to work right. Yeah. I, as I recall, the Project Diva F on the PS3 didn't really have, like, something to help you. It was basically, like, just a number. Okay, set this number. Here's your lag calibration. That's it. Um, so, fortunately, in uh, X, they added one of those things where it'll kind of it'll play a note and then you hit the note and then it'll say, okay, based on where you hit it, here's where your calibration should be. So it does make it a little bit easier to calibrate, which is nice. Yeah. I had project diva F two. That's what I have. Okay. Yeah. So the other weird thing about, uh, X is they kind of decided that they were going to take the series a little bit different. The other ones were basically just a rhythm game and that was it. But, uh, this one's got like story segments kind of, hmm. I mean, it's not really a story. It's basically like, Oh, you're trying to unlock the songs and make the Vocaloids happy, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> um, but there are like like little 
segments where like when you complete a song then whichever character you were playing as will you know pop up and talk to you for a little bit so mm-hmm. it kind of tries to make it a little bit more interactive and then they kind of because of that they kind of change the way they grade the songs so in the old games you know if you played poorly then you'd fail out in the middle of the song and then that would be it um, whereas in this one they only really like grade you at the end so it's based on how much um, they call it voltage how much voltage you build up from playing the song but you don't like fail in the middle if you stop playing it just keeps playing so it's kind of nice if like you're doing bad you can still practice the rest of the song kind of thing yeah i think that's what happened to me because it kept on dying out in the middle of the song and i just felt like i'm not getting any better at this and like i can't do it and then i couldn't finish the song <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean that's that's kind of a nice thing i i do kind of miss the old style of of scoring and it's actually still in the game um they call it like the free play mode but unfortunately, when you're playing that mode, you can't get any of the unlocks. So hmm. they kind of want you to play the other mode. So you can unlock like a bunch of different costumes for the characters and stuff like that. Um, the soundtrack is obviously a big deal. It's the smallest one of the, the recent games. So there's only um, what are that, 30 songs, I want to say. Hmm. And of those 30 songs, six of them are remix songs. Or what do they call it? Medley songs. So instead of like an actual song... It's, okay, here's half a minute of uh, this song, and then here's half a minute of this song, and then here's half a minute of this song. Hmm. So they're not songs that are already in the game. They're, like, different. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're songs that aren't in the base game. But it's still kind of weird because, like, then you're, you jump it between different uh, uh, speed songs, you know, some speeds that are a different tempo than the other ones, and you're only getting chunks of the song. So I'm kind of torn on those medleys hmm. um, in general. So, and then if you take those out, then there's only 20, 24 songs in the game. So it's kind of a small track list. Um, there is a little bit of DLC. They, there's a few songs out there uh, that you can buy. I think one of them was free at least the first week. It might have, might be, they might be charging for it now. I'm not sure. But yeah, uh, I think it's a fun game. Uh, I ended up giving it a seven and a half. So I think it's, it's good and they made some good changes, but they've also made some bad changes and compared to the the previous games in the series. Um, one thing I did note, and I guess I kind of skimmed over it, is that uh, Hatsune Miku is uh, what's called a Vocaloid. So it's uh, basically a computer program used to synthesize music. And originally they were like, okay, people are also, we want people to be able to synthesize the vocals too. And they were assuming that it would be used as like backup music or like backup vocals. But uh, people ended up using it to like make the the main vocals, and Miku ended up becoming popular. So the the songs have kind of this quality that you can tell that they're not sung by someone. And I know when I first heard Miku songs, I wasn't a huge fan of it because it sounded someone something like halfway between Auto Tune and uh, Microsoft Sam. If you've heard like <laughs> the Microsoft Sam. Uh, voice to speech thing yeah it's it's kind of like those um when they do those auto-tune people like when they uh do those videos of people auto-tuned mm-hmm. that's what exactly what it sounds like yeah so it can sound kind of funny but um the nice thing is that now that miku's been around for so long i feel like a lot of the people who make uh miku songs have kind of gotten used to the the limitations of the software and so it's starting to get better and better plus they've kind of like they've come out with different versions of of the software that sound better so and obviously the songs are all kind of j-poppy too so if you don't like j-pop then probably not worth getting but uh other than that i think it's fun i think 
the the songs that are in there are, are good and um the game is fun to play so yeah seven and a half it's kind of funny though how all these kind of things kind of mix together because like uh tokyo mirage sessions had kind of a character in there that was supposed to be kind of like a vocaloid too yeah it wasn't her name like even a play off of miku as i recall i can't remember what her name is now because i'm podcasting for some reason but (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so she she was like a a computer program and then like you'd go to her to level up and stuff and she'd be like in this special area or whatever yeah and not only that like i know uh um especially in yakuza you can kind of tell because sega sega makes these uh miku games as well and you Mm -hmm. can kind of tell that some of these games that they have are inspiration for the the way that the um, controls work and the, the the game mechanics for miku are kind of in that yakuza series thing because oh really yeah because like i was playing um i imported uh one of the games that didn't come out here called yakuza kenzan and there was this one area where you go to this waterfall and you're supposed to like try to uh, stand in the waterfall to get stronger to like because like all the pressure or whatever and there's like this funny like funky like rhythm game mixed into that and the uh little playstation shapes would like come down in those weird arcs and stuff just like muku mm. but it wouldn't do the i think it actually did do the timer thingies too but um and then in yakuza 5 uh the there's a whole uh idol section of the game where you play a pop idol uh-huh. and that's all you know same sort of rhythm game type of thing with the same you know drifting uh shapes that hit the spot and you had to hit it at the right time and hold things and things like that yeah so it's just kind of funny like sega like reuses part part of those same mechanics in their yakuza games into these these uh miku games <laughs> yeah i don't remember if i talked about it but uh uh there was a game that came out last year in japan called uh what was it called now i'm having podcast syndrome i can't remember the name of the game but sega basically reskinned the miku game and then put in some non-miku songs and released it <laughs> weird so, like like the exact same mechanics and everything but then just and it was all anime songs too so it was like the opening and closing of, of uh um bunch of different shows now wasn't wasn't miku on david letterman or one of those late night yep. shows yeah I, I actually i linked that in my review <laughs> um uh david letterman had had miku on there and they had a miku concert on there um miku concerts are interesting i i really want to go to one one of these days because they kind of do this uh basically hologram setup like i guess it's kind of like what uh what is the name of that band the gorillas. It's kind of like what the gorillas do, because mm. they they do like some hologram thing to kind of cover their faces, and so they do that with Miku. But um, the rest of the band is actually live. So you know the person playing guitar and uh, drums and all that kind of stuff. Those are those are real mu- musicians. And then Miku's music is obviously you know her singing is synthesized and pre-recorded. But I really want to go to those one of these days because I've seen videos from you know the audience and they all seem like they're a lot of fun. I I want to go to these Persona ones. There's been like se- yeah. <laughs> there's been a several of them, and I I would love to be able to go to one of those things because they have all the actual uh, people that are 
that play the music like that lotus juice and like all those different singers that play these i love the music in persona mm-hmm. and i would love to go to one of those concert things yeah so <laughs> it's kind of so, fun- yeah. it's kind of funny how it's like all interrelated because like the the miku stuff happens to be sega so it's like Sega has Atlas now, and Sega has Yakuza, and then Miku, and all these things that <laughs> are all cool. Alright, so, uh, anime of the month, I guess? Yep, <laughs> that's you again, so... Yep, so, it's my pick. So, I, I picked this show because, um, it's actually, it's the 10th anniversary of the show coming out, and uh, Funimation now owns the rights to it. They didn't, they didn't have it originally, but they have it now. And they just did a re-release of, like, all the different, because it's got a bunch of spinoffs and stuff. They did a re-release of a whole bunch of it on Blu-ray. So, of course, I bought it, even though I own all of them on Blu-ray, or on DVD. I had to buy the Blu-ray as well. Um, and it's still called The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. So, I'm sure anyone who's watched anime around 2006, 2007, 2008, has probably heard of the show, at least. Because it was um, pretty popular for a while. The The main premise is that the girl Haruhi Suzumiya um the first day of school she she stands up and does her introduction her er, introduction is I want to meet you if you're an esper a time traveler or an alien that's it (laughs) she like sits back down um so she's kind of this this quirky uh girl she starts her own club which with the interest in finding uh, espers and time travelers and aliens and Unbeknownst to her, the three people she recruits to her club are an esper, an alien, and a time traveler. <laughs> and the reason that they all join the club is because apparently she has the power to subconsciously uh, shape the world around her. Hmm. Um, and so they're kind of like all joining the club in order to keep an eye on her. Um, so it, that's kind of all the setup. The, the weird thing about the show is that the show is all kind of told through the eyes of a guy named Kion. And he kind of despite the fact that there's all these crazy things going on around him, you know, time travelers doing time travel stuff and an alien and stuff like that. He's very like monotone and indifferent and making fun of it all and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of gives the show a very, uh, very interesting vibe in the background because you know, everything's told from his, his perspective. So are they, are, I guess are you, may or may not know this, but are they, like, redubbing it with all new people since they got the rights or, or what? Or did they just get uh, the rights to distribute it or something? I actually don't know. I have the, the Blu-rays here because they came in the other day. Okay. I haven't watched them, and I, I haven't... I'm not sure. I think they got the rights to it because I looked on the extras, and they have... Um, when the show first got licensed back in, like, 2007 or so, they did a series of web shorts like to promote it mm-hmm. and those web shorts are actually on the discs so i'm guessing that that means they probably got the full rights to everything that you know even the dub that was previously done hmm. or maybe it wasn't dub- was it maybe not dubbed in english before or something or oh it was yeah it had a dub okay um, when it first came out but yeah so it's it's kind of a funny it's it's a little bit of a comedy a lot of times you know making fun of stuff but um it's a fun show the the really f- interesting thing um i think is the the first season was purposely uh, aired out of order. Hmm. So the very first episode is actually, it's made to look like it's being filmed by like a hand video camera and then edited together on a computer to make a movie. So it looks kind of funny. And, you know, because they're like high school students, you know, like the camera's kind of shaking sometimes because he's not holding it steady or like 
the people's acting is bad and someone like falls in the lake when he's not supposed to and stuff <laughs> like that. So it's kind of like really quirky and weird. Um, and then obviously it's, you know, it's, it's all told out of order. So, um, like the first episode or the second episode is actually like the first one chronologically. And then they kind of skip around a lot. Um, the really odd thing is that that order, um, they've never actually reproduced that order after, uh, it was aired on TV. Hmm. They, on the DVDs, they released them in chronological order. And then the very first release in the United States, they got the rights to basically put them in the out of order order. So I bought the DVDs when they were coming out and they actually came with two DVDs. One DVD was like, here's chronological episodes one, two and three. And here's, uh, broadcast order episodes one, two, and three. You know that's kind of strange that they would have to do that because all the uh, anime that I bought on Blu-ray or DVD, mm-hmm. uh, they have the ability to just play all or play by disc, and they they're able to you know play them one by one and like cut out the starting and ending. Like some of the more advanced yeah. ones can cut out the starting and ending stuff, so you would think that they could have like play all or play in broadcast mode, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing that's that's um, make, probably makes it harder is that the broadcast order will be split up between discs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got um, you. So, like... That makes sense now. I'll never yeah, mind. I, but, because if... It, I, I didn't know it was like... If it's across discs, that all bets are off. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're kind of funny. So, the, the Blu-ray, um, it comes in chronological order. Um, but they have an insert in there that actually tells you the order if you wanted to watch it in broadcast order, which is kind of interesting. Mm. So you could do that, but you'd probably be switching discs occasionally. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that kind of makes it harder to do is so the first season was like 13 episodes, as I recall. And then in 2009, they were like, hey, we're going we're gonna to re-air Haruhi. Okay. We're going to re-air it, but we have slots open for 22 episodes. And everyone's like... 22 episodes, but this show's only 13 episodes. Well, they started airing them in chronological order, and then um, when they got to... Because these are all based off of books, and the the anime kind of took different parts of the books and kind of you know mixed them around, and they took stuff from later books. Well, when they got to the chronological spots where they had skipped parts of the books, there was a new episode in there. Mm-hmm. So they released, they did them all in, in chronological order, but then they randomly inserted you know the new episodes into the, the old ones. So the Blu-ray that I bought has all of the episodes from both the first and second season, but all chronologically. Okay, so I just want to get something. I'm just not kind of kind of not clear on it. So the skipping around, like so the so the original books are they in chronological order, or did they just happen to get the you know maybe the American distributor only got certain episodes in a certain order, so they just had to. Do what they could. No, well, I'm saying broadcast. I mean broadcast in Japan. So in Japan, when they made the show, they intended to broadcast it out of order. Okay, okay. Or out of out of chronological order. I got you. The books are the books are kind of in order. They skip around a little bit, but not nearly as much as the show does. So like uh, the, the other thing thing is the the book. There's ten books, and um, most of the books are like okay, here's a single book, and here's a single story. But a few of the books, um, the author was kind of like writing for a magazine at the time. Hmm. And so he'd write like a side story and stick it in the magazine. And then after he got like, you know, four side stories, they'd put them all together and call that, you know, book four or whatever. I think uh, book three is the first one. That's one of those. Hmm. So um, 
in the anime, they took like the first book, and that's told over five episodes, but they split it up and stuck in those other mini stories that are a single episode each <laughs> in between it. Oh, um, it's it's actually if you watch it in broadcast order, it's actually a really smart order. I think just in the way that they reveal things and they they keep certain things you know hidden from certain characters, but so the audience knows and stuff like that. So I think it's actually kind of an interesting order that they they broadcast it in. It's kind of unfortunate that you know the Blu-rays and everything are all now in chronological order. Mm, yeah. Um, and then the the show has a movie too, which is uh, an adaptation of the fourth book. Um, I, I, it's called uh, The Disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, and I think it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it's just it's so well adapted. It's so well animated. Um, the, the story itself is good. Um, so it's, it's easily one of my favorites. And then this collection also comes with, cause they did the author after he was done writing the books or actually while he was writing the books, he did a few, um, comedy spinoffs that were, um, manga. Hmm. So, um, there was two of those. So those all got adapted into anime and those are all in the collection. And then after he finished all the books, he did a spinoff that's, there's like a separate universe in the movie, and this takes place in the separate universe. So he did a spinoff of that that was um, some more manga. So that got an uh, anime as well. So this collection comes with the movie too? No, that's the only thing it doesn't include. Okay. The collection comes with um, the whole series itself, so both seasons, although they're kind of, you know, smashed into one. And then it comes with the comedy spinoff one, the comedy spinoff two, and the kind of not comedy spinoff. And the extra dimensional thing? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, it's a pretty crazy franchise. Um, the unfortunate thing is, like you were talking about before, they actually haven't done an anime of all of the like main story books yet. Hmm. Which is kind of unfortunate, because the um, last couple of books are really good. Uh, they actually... The books are all in English. They got released by Yen Press, I think, a couple of years ago. And uh, uh, I think the last couple of books are like might be my favorite but those haven't been adapted into an anime yet unfortunately yeah at least in my case like they're actually adapted in the anime they're just not dubbed yet so and they're all subtitled so i can still enjoy them <laughs> but yeah that would suck if they're just not i mean so you own i of course it sounds like you you own all the manga or books right yeah so i have all the novels there is a manga adaptation of the main books and i own uh, i might not have all those and then i have all of the anime all the different anime adaptations too. Hmm. I might have to check this one out because it's uh, sounds sounds like it might. It's kind of sounds kind of quirky and the kind of stuff I like. So I might have to check. Yeah, it out it's well. it's pretty quirky and fun. Um, like I said, by itself, it maybe wouldn't be as interesting. But the fact that the person who's kind of telling you the story is so like deadpan and kind of making fun of things as they happen really kind of, I think, adds to it. Um, <laughs> and, of course, the other characters are all pretty good, too. You know, Haruhi's interesting. And the other the other members of her her club um, have their own, you know, unique elements that make them pretty interesting. So uh, it's a fun show. It was, it was really popular, um, like, around 2006, 2007. Um, the ending theme of the show has the characters from the club doing a dance, and, like, everywhere at anime conventions, you would see people doing that dance. Like, the song would start playing, and all of a sudden, the entire crowd would break into doing the dance. Well, the funny thing is, is that I've seen this character before. I just never knew what the hell it was from. Because I, <laughs> I see the one in the bunny outfit, and I could have sworn I've seen um, 
action fi- not action figures but like those figurines on uh play asia before oh yeah there's tons of merch for this there's i think two video games uh based on it oh wow so, they're not localized or just yeah unfortunately not otherwise i probably would have bought them too yeah i'm sure you would have brought them up <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, i'm gonna have to um, check this out you kind of sold me on it <laughs> yeah i think it's fun and it's interesting um there was something else I was going to say. No, I forgot. But yeah, so Melancholy of Haruhi Susan Mia. Um, it's a pretty good show. Cool. I guess in the show notes, I'll try to link it, link to the at least the Funimation. I guess it's probably streaming. I'll check it out and or even put like a product link or something. Yeah, I wonder if it's streaming. Obviously, like I said, they, they just did that collection that has uh, a bunch of the stuff. But then the, the individual Blu-rays are available as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, the collection's like a hundred bucks since it comes with, you know, so much stuff. And I guess if you, I mean, what I do is I put it on my wish list, and then at some point it kind of get a little discount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, wait, you get a discount from your wish list? Well, no, you just wait till it's on sale, and then you. Oh, gotcha. Kind of a, I thought you were saying. I thought you were like some secret to Amazon or something. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got the topic of the month. All right. That's kind of a, a long one. I um, So the topic of the month is um, uh, what do you think about the pro consoles and are you going to buy the pro PS4 or the PS4 Pro? Mm-hmm. And what do you think about, I guess, games possible? I mean, I know, I know Sony says that um, the games aren't supposed to be that different. You know, they'll, they may have better, like slightly better graphics in the pro but they're not supposed to have like exclusive stuff that you can only experience the pro, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the topic. And I, I'm not buying a pro, <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> I'm not too happy about it, to be honest. I think it's kind of. I don't know. I just. I. It kind of makes me think that maybe Sony jumped the gun with this PS4 in their in their zeal to kind of beat Microsoft, and then now they're putting another half console out and i'm i don't know and i think it puts you in a in a position where possibly they could change their their uh licensing later on or the they could maybe change the rules later on like maybe two years down the road you know the developers are like wanting to put you know not even worry about the standard ps4 and then maybe they could persuade them to let them break the rules you know yeah yeah so. Yeah, I I I feel like that's a concern. I, at the moment, I'm kind of trusting that they won't do that. Um, but I I'm not planning on getting a pro either just cuz you know, it's 400 bucks and at the moment I'd much rather get PSVR, which I have pre-ordered, so I don't feel like I need to get a pro. Um plus, I mean, a lot of the games I play, they tend to not be that good looking anyways. Uh I feel like a lot of uh, Japanese or JRPGs tend to, you know, not be that visually impressive. I mean, Final Fantasy is maybe the exception, but yeah. think of a, a game like, you know, Attack on Titan that I was talking about earlier, or, you know... Uh, Tales or something. Yeah, or Tales or Miku. I mean, they, they don't look bad, but they're not, like, trying to push, you know, the best graphics they possibly can. They're just like, you know, let's get it to a point where it looks decent enough and, you know, we have some 
some you know we we won't be embarrassed by it and then kind of put it out. Well, so I feel like I, think I feel like like, like Dark um, Souls or those kind of games might be. Yeah, much I guess that's better. true. But because yeah. I I well I'm I'm way 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 behind on those, but those are one of my wheelhouse games. Yeah, I'm not, I mean there are some. Uh, it sounds like Final Fantasy 15 might take advantage of it, and I could see it doing that. And like you said, you know the, the Souls games, Bloodborne maybe. Um, oh yeah. But I mean, for the most part. If it's just a little bit of graphics better, you know, then, yeah. So, okay, um, I mean, this this thought crossed my mind because it kind of reminds me of the whole, you know, their iPhone has their mid, you know, they'll have like an iPhone 4 and then a 4S and then a 5 and a 5S or whatever. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I think, I don't know if Samsung's really done that really. I don't think they have. But, uh, you know, so now we're doing these things. that. I mean, I was actually thinking, like, maybe when the PS... If this becomes a thing, I might not buy the PS5 right away. I might just wait for the ni- the mid the mid one, you know? Yeah, I guess that's a concern. The nice thing is that compared to phones, this is, you know, it's been three years since PS4 came out, whereas the phones are like every year there's a new upgrade. Yeah. But it's definitely a lot of money to, you know, even even every three years, that's still, you know, 400-plus bucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, my opinion might change later. I don't know. But at the moment, I'm not planning on buying it. So we'll see what happens. But Yeah. I, I guess, like, if my PS4 broke, then sure, I'd get the Pro over, you know, the, the lower-end model. Oh, but. yeah. I kind of forgot about that, too. I mean, I, at some point, I'm planning on redoing my basement here, and I'm actually planning on putting a TV up in my bedroom. So if I buy another system, yeah, I might buy one. But I'm not mm-hmm. going to go out of my way. I'm not going to sell my current one to buy a new one. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not huge on the idea either. I just, like you said, it's it, it just feels kind of weird. And part of the reason I don't play a whole lot on PC is that there's just such this constant grind of like, oh, well, now the best stuff, you got to upgrade again. Yeah. And I just I just didn't like that. And hmm. Well, anyway, tell us what you think. And I guess that's the show. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of talking. So, anyways, if you want to follow up with our topic or leave feedback, um, we'll have a post in the forum. Uh, normally, just marked with this episode's title. So, just go to the forums or, or you know, go to the psnation.com where this post is, and then there'll be a link to the forum. Or you can just email us at sidequest at psnation.com. And uh, I guess get out there and play some games. And Andy, you got anything else? That's about it. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.